Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast that is barely holding its fudge right now. Here are two guys who will never be able to pull off the whole ponytail Camaro look. Wait, doesn't Matt have a Camaro? No, he has a Porsche. Does he have a ponytail? No, but that would be awesome. Matt and Doug. Just just for that, I will have a ponytail when I come up to the cabin. <laughs> I was hoping that you would do that, that you would see that as a challenge. Yeah, judge could you tell like that. Could you tell there's a little bit of echo there in that open? Just yes. a RCH? Okay, so I was supposed to get the open to you last night, but life happens. So this morning, as we're scrambling around the house to try and get out of the house, I literally had my phone hooked up to a microphone and was in the bathroom while she was putting her makeup on. And I'm like, here, read this. <laughs> yeah. There's a, one of the can clips that I have later, there's some background noise and I'll explain why when, when we get to that, if I remember to bring it and you might want to turn down your mic, just an RCH as we get started, just a smidge. Oh, okay. And now it's time for podcast housekeeping. All right, my week, I'll go first. We talked a little bit about Rich Little, the man of a thousand voices, and that I had seen Rich Little in Las Vegas. My dad took me there. And I said it was Susan Day that opened for him. Yes. It was not. Okay. It was, Sus- it was Susan Anton. It took me fucking forever to try and figure that out. I'm typing in female artists of the 70s, of the 80s. I don't know where I, I texted my brother. He's like, I don't even remember. Was it Dolly Parton? I'm like, no, Dolly Parton would not have opened for Rich Little. And I remember a couple of things about that show. I remember I, I was able to figure out what year it was because I remember him talking about Cary Grant just passing. And my dad would always take us on vacations in February because that was when he would have an out of state, like, What's the kind of show that you go to to look at other businesses and see Burlesque. what everybody everybody else in the industry is doing? Trade show? Trade show. But it was for a, a trade trade show was called Armco. And it had to do with metal buildings because early on in the days of his construction company, they did a lot of metal buildings. So he would take us to these trade shows and he would go do whatever it was in the morning. And my you know brother and sister and I were left to our own devices until the afternoon and then we would go do something as a family for a couple of days after that trade show was ended so he had taken us to san diego we drove up to la we drove up to was that when you got out of the car the sequoia national forest and i locked the door yeah the car the keys in the car (laughs) yes and then i and then later on in that that trip as we're driving across death valley i told him i wasn't having a good time and he said (laughs) fuck you and the horse you rode in on Yeah, all these great memories, Matt. Thanks. Uh, And then we went to Las Vegas and we saw Susan Anton open up for Rich Little. And it was in February. And I remember she said, does anybody have a birthday? And it was February 14th. And my dad pointed to me and she dedicated one of her songs to me. But so I knew that what year that was because he had mentioned that Cary Grant had just passed in November and that was February. And he did an impression of Cary Grant. Cary Grant. Well, you know, Frank and I had a, that we made a wonderful picture together. So it took took me so long to get to that clip. Sorry. Honestly, I, I could not even tell you if that sounds like Cary Grant. 
<laughs> I, I have it no does. idea. It does. It does. So last week I had talked about it and then I forgot to actually mention it at the end, but I went to the theater to see Fast X. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're a comic book guy. Not as big as some people, but you know, you've seen probably all the MCU films. Mm-hmm. For me, the Fast and the Furious are my MCU films. All right. Because they're just stupid, over-the-top, otherworldly, and just smiling ear-to-ear towards the end of the film because it's just so ridiculous, just the shit that they're doing. And it's it's stupid fun to me. But that that's it for that. Um, Okay. You'd brought up the Punisher when we're when I was talking about different people that had died. And you said, did you see who just died? One of the Punishers died? Yeah. It's Ray Stevenson. Yes. And it was 58. I said 56. You yeah. said, I think it's 58. Yes. Yeah. Um, something that we should both have our Star Trek card removed. <laughs> no, you're the one who said Ephraim Cochran instead of Zephram Cochran. But <laughs> did I say Ephraim Cochran? Yes, I think I did. just said, I think I just said Cochran. No, you said Ephraim. <laughs> did I? Yes. <laughs> All right. But what's the name of the rocket? The His Phoenix. rocket? The Phoenix. Yes. Uh, Ellen Barkin, Ellen Barkin's show was called Animal Kingdom. Yes. Okay. Semi-Tough, the movie. Yes. 1978, Burt Reynolds and Chris Christopherson. Yes. North Dallas 40, 1979, Nick Nolte and Mac Davis. Uh Uh-huh. The Longest Yard, 1974. Burt Reynolds, Eddie Albert, and Ed Lauder. I had all those. Except I had a different year for semi-tough. And Ray, and Ray Nitschke. Okay. You don't have Hulu, right? No. I've been watching... I, I said mentioned last week how I've been watching some stuff on Hulu and have to watch the commercials. Mm-hmm. There's only two commercials that they have, and they play them every commercial break. Oh, that sucks. And therefore, HIV medication. So that's helpful. And then they're also for a car app so that you can buy a car. But oh, it's just ridiculous. That's, that's the only two ads I've seen watching like 15 hours of Hulu. All right. Uh, the little person that was in, or I guess I should call him the big little person that was in Buckaroo Banzai. I said he was in Twin Peaks and he t- talked this way. Why you... See me again. He's going me, me. Backmasking. Speaking backwards. Yes, yes. I, I kind of figured that's what that meant. Uh, William Trailer. Does that name mean anything to you? No. He played Mr. Underhill. Okay. He also was in Buckaroo Bonsai. Oh, all right. So he was the general, right? Yes. And he also <laughs> was in The Man with Two Brains, which we talked about last week. Ah. Right. Uh, Patrick Swayze. You, was it you or I that said Patrick Swayze was in MASH? It was me. And I, I said, yeah, he was angry. Well, do you know why he was angry? Uh, no, I do not. Well, I'll, I'll, let Hawkeye, I'll let Hawkeye tell you. Can't you guys ever give anybody a straight answer? What the hell is this all about? We're not sure. We think you may have leukemia. <sighs> It's Bunyan. There were no survivors. Okay. 
I was wondering if you're going to. He doesn't. He, he never says it's spun into the Sea of Japan. He just says it's spun in. No, he says Sea of Japan immediately before what he just said. Okay. Colonel Henry Blake's plane was shot down over the Sea of Japan. It spun it's, in. There were okay. no survivors. All right. Like, I'm getting it on a t shirt. Um, Are you really? Probably. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle's mom is yeah. Jane Kazmierich. All right. Uh, during our Secret of My Success podcast, we'd, we'd made mention of. Michael J. Fox's affliction, and we we've talked about it since then. And I think both of us felt a little bit bad that we were picking on the poor guy because of his Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that he kind of makes fun of himself with with his Parkinson's. And I, I got to lead into this clip. So this is from Curb Your Enthusiasm, and Larry David is at Michael J. Fox's apartment, and there's a magazine that Larry David draws a Hitler mustache on. And it turns out that that magazine is Michael J. Fox's father-in-law and his father-in-law was coming over later on. So now he was going to have to throw away the magazine. Can I take it to a sorter somewhere? Oh, sure. That'd be great. You know, uh, I mean, the thing is Hitler really ruined that mustache for, for everybody because it's really, it's an interesting mustache and now nobody could, could wear it, you know? Oh, thanks. Oh, Jesus Christ! What the hell? What? Did you shake that up on purpose? Parkinson's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dan Hedaya uh-huh. was indeed Carla's first husband on Cheers. Huh. He appeared How about in that? six episodes. All right. And I have, well, a couple more things. Uh, they were Lectroids, not Lectoids. I, I knew it was one or the other. Uh, there's two clips that we talked about that we did not have. Well, actually, one of them we did have, but you actually referenced how you thought it was it was a pretty cool saying. Remember, no matter where you go. And I apparently cut off the last part of that. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> I think Joey said something, sent something to me that said that that was from Confucius. All right. And then there's also this one. Hey, man, got a big box of porn for you. Oh. I think the reason I couldn't find it last week was you sent that to me as a blind clip and it was not labeled big box of porn. Oh, <laughs> so I had right. to pull it myself. Okay. Do you have anything else? I have nothing else. Okay. LA river movies, because we talked about how at the end of the movie, they shot that kind of music video in the LA riverbed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Terminator two Greece are the two most prevalent, but it's, it's huge. I mean, there's mm-hmm. hundreds uh, of movies that have been actually done there. So yes. m- moving on to Who did better? Was it Doug or Matt? And I'm going to actually give you credit for this first one because even though none of the words are right at all not even close that's not what you were going for and i did not understand what you were going for until i actually pulled a clip to pair with it and i said okay he's got a point he's got a point all right lots of lead in for that hey guys how's it going (laughs) that's how he talks i think when gary and i were playing uh, we had a fair number of players who would play well Coming in, but I don't think as many as there is today. Jack Nicholas. <laughs> uh-huh. Which is oddly very similar to your George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Uh, the next one is me. 
Wow. Not bad. Uh-huh. Next one is also me. The call is coming from inside the house. You trace the call. It's coming from inside the house. Yeah. Uh, the next one is both of us. Eject, 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 eject. No, I can hold it together. I can hold it. Get out of there. I'm okay. <laughs> Pull up. No, I'm all right. <laughs> Porkins coming on my nose. Um. Okay, the next one is actually, I think it's both of us. Somebody get that cat out of here. Get that cat out of here. Yes, sir. Cover up that vagina. What is that? I know what it is. I mean, what are you doing? Shading her. This is a brain operation. (laughs) I know. I have to watch that movie again. (laughs) That was really funny. Uh, the next one is... Also- this is a brain operation. <laughs> I know. The next one is... You can hear him say... You can hear him whisper vagina, vagina real yeah. quiet. <laughs> if you, it's, I almost tweaked it so it brought it up a little bit. You can hear him saying, it's a vagina. Yeah, I know what it is. The next one is also both of us. Hey, you can't ride that. Oh, wait a second. It's Buckaroo Banzai. Hey, wait a minute. You can't ride that. It's Enrico Palazzo. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. Yeah. Next nice. one is me. Misa Jaja Binks. Misa Jaja Binks. Got that wrong. That's. I, I think that's because that is the Misa Jar Jar Binks is. It's a Mandela effect thing. Sure. Because I've never heard or seen the meme Misa called Jar Jar Binks. Uh, the next one is also me. Also Star Wars. Sister, you had a twin sister. (laughs) Sister, so you have a twin sister. So menacing. Yes. And then the last one is you. Oh, (laughs) is it really? Yeah, it's a turn signal. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to say it's a draw. Okay. I I would have disagreed with it, but, you know, what what, what can you do? Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> you know what that's from? No, what is that from? Do you know who it is? All right. That bullshit. Is that Bill Paxton? Yes. And what's that from? Titanic. Oh. Anyway, so moving on. Hey, man, what's new now? What's fucking new now? Bunch of little things. Um, nobody told you that when you turn 50, that it's possible to actually hurt yourself while you're washing your hair. Well, fortunately what? for you. <laughs> yeah. I only, I only hurt myself a little bit because I only had a little bit of hair, but I was washing my hair and all of a sudden I was like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. My shoulder, that hurts. And then, uh, last week I became that coach that I said I'd never wanted to be where I actually yelled at a kid. Okay. And and I yelled at him pretty hard and fucking it stuck in my craw for a couple of days. But in all my years of coaching, and it's been three, I've never seen a kid do something so boneheaded and so where he was told not to do it and he just and he decided to do it anyway and got out and could have cost us the game. I was so pissed off. So pissed off. So 
Yeah, I yelled at that kid, and of course I apologized to him. And then I, I apologized the next time I saw my other coaches. I'm like, hey man, sorry I kind of lost my shit. I mean, I didn't really lose my shit, but I just I yelled pretty hard. Like, listen to your coaches when they tell you not to do that. And then of course he started crying, so I felt bad about that too. Um, my youngest is in fourth grade, and he's moving to the intermediate school, fifth grade, and okay. they, the school sent us a, a an email that said that. Um, that we could all come to school like the morning of next Wednesday because they would be celebrating transition day. Okay. And I was like, Oh, huh. I, I, not sure if that's the right word to be using right now. I can't think of another word, but you would think with all the hubbubaloo that's going on, that that would be a word you'd want to try and avoid. Yeah. And honestly, that is not that exact thing, but I can give you another example. Um, so with with my job, one there's like a bunch of different meetings I need to have over the course of a couple couple weeks because like a two week period is called a sprint and you box all the stuff in there and then you have these meetings and they're called different things. And one of the things you do is you look at all of the stuff that you have in what's called your backlog, all the things that you want to do eventually. And you want to get enough things in your backlog in shape that you actually can work on them in the next two weeks. And historically, it was always called backlog grooming. And oh, okay. And I was actually teaching people on how to do this stuff. And they said, you can't use that word. I'm like, what are you talking about? They said, that is an offensive word to use. And that was, for the longest time, the official terminology of like the group that certifies your ability to do this shit. But they have also went away from using that word. Grooming. Yes. In the military, they'd refer to it as grooming standards for like your hair and mustache and stuff like that. That's still used. But yeah, that's one of those things where, you know, I, I, I would never in a professional setting try to do anything that could be deemed in any way, shape or form offensive. And, yeah. and it was just kind of like, I, I apologize. I am so sorry. And I was honestly sorry because I don't want to get fired for something stupid like that. Sure. But same, similar thing. Anyway, please continue. All right. So, uh, today we had uh, the parade, our Memorial Day parade, which I, I walk in with the scouts. And then right from there, I go to our annual brat fry at our church, which is becoming bigger and bigger every year. I mean, we have a, a, a car show and like 40 entries and bouncy houses and games and face painting. And the middle school jazz band came over and played a bunch of songs and, Great food, but this year we decided instead of setting up a bunch of little tents that we would just spend some money and rent to have somebody come and set up and take down a pretty big tent. Okay, sure. So we had this big tent, so our pastor said, oh, you know what, Let's on Sunday, let's have church outside. Great, that's cool. Church outside is awesome. A couple of years ago, five years ago, no. Six years ago, when my youngest was in 4K, I would volunteer once a week for a couple of hours, and I would we would go into the cafeteria for snack time. They'd bring a snack and have some milk, and I would. And my oldest was at that time was into doing magic tricks and putting on little magic shows. So every week that I came during snack time, I would bring a magic trick and show it to the kids. The following year, while he was in 5K, I had mentioned it to the 5K teacher for the Christmas party. 
oh, hey, you know what? I could do a couple of magic tricks for the kids. I bet they would like that. She's like, oh, yeah, sure. Well, a couple days later, this lady called me and she said, oh, so I heard you're putting on a magic show. I'm like, I'm not really doing a magic show. She's like, oh, well, I'm organizing the Christmas party for all four 5K classes. Do you think you could put it on for all of them? I'm like, I, I, I guess so. And she's like, well, we're splitting it up into two groups, so you'll have to do it twice. So... Five years ago, I had to put on a magic show twice. And I put on kind of an elaborate show where I had like 12 or 14 tricks with all kinds of sleight of hand. And it's not that difficult to amaze five and six year olds. Sure. So it was a lot of fun. So then, but at that point, I said, I'm retiring from doing magic shows. So because we had this big top, our pastor says, Oh yeah, I heard from that mom that you did two magic shows that you do magic tricks. I'm like, uh, yeah. She's like, do you think, you know, during children's, the children's sermon, you could do some magic tricks. I told her, I'm like, look, my wave or my bandwidth is really low right now. So let me open up the magic bin and see if I can find a couple. And I'll let you know. Well, I opened up the magic bin and all these memories came flooding back of my oldest doing magic tricks and me doing magic tricks. And I was playing around with them and trying some new things. And it was actually kind of fun. So I said, sure, why not? So yesterday at church, I did six magic tricks and it was kind of fun. The kids were amazed. The parents were amazed. They're like, how did you do that stuff? I'm like, oh, it's just sleight of hand. It's magic. Well, you do so, magic on the podcast every week. I do. Yeah. You make bring- our listeners disappear. Uh, where's my hi hat and snare? Yeah, <laughs> douche. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's really it. So, last Wednesday was my son's graduation, and I don't know how I noticed we- that you were not in any of the pictures from the party. <laughs> uh, from the party, no, I was not in any yeah. of the pictures from the I was busy on trash duty and making sure that people weren't breaking shit. Don't go in my basement and touch my stuff. No, I no, the, the basement was, well, okay, I, I'm, it's all going to get covered, I think, here. But the graduation ceremony, I don't know how they do it for like Arrowhead. When we graduated, at least when I graduated, we graduated in the gym. I think now they actually have it in the football stadium. We for, did. For camp. The, yeah, the year after, we had it in the stadium. Okay. But here, all the high schools graduate at, um, it's called the Schottenstein or the Shot which is where the Buckeyes play football and hockey or not football um basketball and hockey. It's, it's like the Cole center or, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the last time we went was for my oldest and that was during COVID. So only you only could bring up to four people, but this one was, you know, you can bring as many people as you want. And there was a lot of people there. And as they're getting started, they, they say, and they, they said this last time too, Please do not scream, save your applause for after all the graduates have been announced. Mm-hmm. And people are just fucking assholes. Mm-hmm. Because people be like, ah! and especially the group that was right around us, they, there must have been 20 people for one person. Whoever's name was read after that person, their parents could not hear their name. And they're taking that away from that kid and that family. Mm-hmm. And I, I was getting angry. And even, well, Jen said it as well, but even my mom, who's one of the, going to be one of the last people that's going to say someone's an asshole. And she didn't say someone was an asshole. They said, she said they were rude. But it really kind of pissed me off. And then 
after we get done with graduation, Jen's been slowly getting the house ready for graduation because we're going to have all these people and everything needs to be cleaned up and nothing can be out. And I understand all that. And the basement had to be picked up. And I think I told you about the whole thing with, she said, I, I said that, well, I got to put all the, the Star Wars figures like in storage that are like on display. She said, why? They're not worth anything. I was like, well, yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> at least to me some of them i bought in the last week but so got all that ready and that was a long process but after graduation i took some of the pictures from graduation of dawson and some of his close friends and i made a couple like etched tiles slate and you know embossed them and you know finished them with like a lacquer so they really popped so that we had stuff on display and then my family my my brother and my sister-in-law um flew in my nephew drove in as did his girlfriend and we had a lot of people either at the house or my mom's house and i pick up my brother on the at the airport at a little bit after midnight like 12 30 friday going into saturday graduation party was saturday we're driving home from the airport and my sister-in-law says hey do you have a 3d printer i'm like yeah so, well, I, I want you and Andrew, who's my nephew, to work to make me something while I'm here. I'm like, okay. Yeah, Andrew's going to design it. I just need you to print it. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. And I didn't really think much about it till the next day, obviously, because I just dropped them off. And then the next day, it's like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, party's supposed to start at 2. And family is starting to show up. And he's working. Andrew is working on the design of it. And Jen is looking at me like, do you don't dare start working on a fucking project right now? <laughs> and I said, I'm not going to. I, I'm just trying to put things in place. So once the party's over, I can do it. Mm -hmm. No big deal. Uh, party's over. Um, he gives me the design. I print it. He has to go and tweak it. And then I, I print it again and I print something else, which is it's basically a badge holder. And the one design that he did took an hour to print the design that I'm that I found online took three hours to print. Mm -hmm. And so now it is Sunday morning. I sent a thing saying, Hey, let me know if those are okay. One o'clock in the afternoon, I get a text. Yeah. Those designs are great. She wants 10 of one of them and five of the other. They're leaving. They left this morning at, at seven. Mm -hmm. There literally was not enough time to do all of these. <laughs> When you say badge holder, what does that mean? You, you know, like when you have like a badge that clips on your, your belt so you can like scan it on doors to get into like oh. secure areas and stuff. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. But it, it's just, it reminded me of my kids where things take time and you gave me basically 30 hours worth of stuff to do and I only have 15 hours to do it in. <laughs> it, it. It's literally not possible for me to complete what you want me to complete. Well, just ship it to us at no cost to us. Uh, no, what I actually did was I dug <clears throat> uh, a printer that I no longer use out of storage, and I was running two at the same time oh, to get them look done. At, look at the big brain on Matt. But I took him to the airport. Uh, last two things. Um, speaking of Christopher Lloyd from last week's movie, just randomly, Jen last week said that I have Christopher Lloyd hair, and I really need to do something about it. <laughs> and I, I think growing a ponytail is not going to be something that's going to meet with approval. Um, okay. My oldest, the one who just graduated, he has this habit of trying to you convince- mean your youngest? Youngest, yes. Yeah, so I always screw that up. 
trying to convince me to buy stuff for him by buying it for myself because a new Zelda game came out a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. for the Switch. And he said, are you going to get the new Zelda game? No. Well, I was thinking if you're going to get it, there's no reason for both of us to buy it. And I said, I'm not going to get it. It's like, I, I don't know. I think you might like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I said, uh, you know what? I'll tell you what, because you know what a Switch is, right? Yeah. It's got the two controllers that slide on the sides. Mm-hmm. He lost one of those. Oh, and convenient. I, and so he's always borrowing mine, my controllers. And <clears throat> I asked him where it was. And he said, I have no idea. And this was six months ago. So I told him, you know, what? I'll make you a deal. You find your controller that's missing. I'll buy you Zelda. Six hours later, he had it. Wow. All he needed to do was actually to get, you know, something that interested him enough to look for it. And it was at his friend's house. Okay. The last thing. Do you know what Jackbox is? No. Uh, Do you know what Cards Against Humanity is? Yes. Okay. So Jackbox is kind of a similar thing to Cards Against Humanity, that's online and you can play with people either locally or wherever. Okay. And when family is together, we usually get together and play some, some Jackbox and it gets a little bit, you know, rowdy because I tell dirty jokes and my brother has like his things like Joe Biden's not really human, really crazy shit. But my son, my youngest was his girlfriend was coming over and he was, he said, you cannot be you for, for okay. playing Jackbox. And some of it is just like trivia. And one of the trivia questions was, what is the second largest rodent in the world? And they give you a bunch of options and you have to pick one. And if you get it right, you get, you get points. And the correct answer was the North American beaver. And after that, it's like, that, that's weird. I thought they were extinct. I haven't seen a beaver in years. And he just kind of looks at me and is giving me the shut the fuck up look. <laughs> and I think the best was there's, uh, you, you know what Mad Libs are. Yes. So one of them was a Mad Lib thing. And the, so, so other people pick the verbs, nouns, whatever. And one of the things I had to finish was why did the vibrator cross the road? So somebody picked vibrator as a, a noun. Mm-hmm. And my answer was because it was in the chicken. Uh, and I, I got some points for that. But, okay. But anyway, that's it. So, ready to move on? I am. Matt and Doug are at it again. Guess that sound and you are awesome. What movie will it be from? I really want to know. I don't know if I would have gotten this one or not. Okay. That's it? That's all you're giving me? Yeah, I'm not sure if I get it or not. Okay. I'd get it on the reveal for sure. The second, the, the, not the mid reveal, the reveal, but the actual reveal. I would get it on that. Okay. I have an idea, but it can't be that movie. I would have swore this was not a 
1980s film. I would have thought this was 1990, but I envision a cave. Okay. Uh, Gunpowder being removed from a bullet, I believe. Or maybe it was Perhaps. a flare. And somebody basically uh, cauterizing a, a bullet wound in their chest with a flare, I think. Well, it's actually, um, there was an arrow or a piece of wood in his side, in his flank. Okay. Which he had, first he had to push that out. I was debating whether or not I should have that or this where he cauterizes where he pours the gunpowder in the hole and then cauterizes it with fire from the from the campfire he has but like so, said, yes rambo three yes 1988 so, so you want both of play, them? yeah play the mid reveal be careful you bit me last time i'll be velvet now on your shank of love. It's party of Kitty and Studs. <laughs> yes. Okay, here's the reveal. How's the wound? You told us to ignore pain, didn't you? Is it working? Not really. Don't take it personally. Thanks. Yeah, he yeah, died good. shortly after that, didn't he? Richard Crenna? Yeah. I don't think so. I could be wrong. Maybe he did. I know he's Maybe dead. He did. Well, yes, he's he's dead. Yes. So, are you ready for the movie? That's when Rambo was helping the Taliban. <laughs> That's right. Well, the Mujahideen, uh, which he, then he died yes, in turned in three. Oh, so not right after that. <laughs> that was like fifteen years later. Yeah, yeah, had a solid fifteen after that. All right. Uh-huh. So my bed for this movie originally was going to be. She's like the wind by Patrick Swayze. Okay, he's next of kin. Um, but oh, then, considering what happened uh, earlier this week or last week, Super Sky Point, let her rip. Just trying to remember who died. This is dedicated to Tina. A sweet ponytail, a felt fedora, he's a hillbilly. He joined the airborne, he is a cop in the big city. He has a Camaro, his wife is more hornful. He must work with his brother, who resembles a bum. Oh, oh, Briar and Truman are the next of kin, are the next of kin. They must avenge their poor brother, Jerob. Briar and Truman are the next of kin, are the next of kin. Who needs a gun when a crossbow will do it? That's right, ladies and gentlemen, this week we're doing... Next of Kin, released October 22nd, 1989, earning $16 million on a $12 million budget, had a Rotten Tomato critic score of 50% and audience score of 45%. Directed by John Irvin, best known for Hamburger Hill and HBO's When Trumpets Fade, which I'm assuming you still have not watched. No. Yeah, you, you'll sit there and you'll fucking pound through four seasons of what we do in the shadows. But I tell you, hey man, there's an awesome World War II movie. You should watch it. 
nah, I don't want to. I, I, I got I got a full plate. <laughs> <laughs> but you can watch four seasons of what we do in the shadows in one week. Uh, I'm shaming you right now. You do, you do realize I'm I'm time shaming you. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm aware. <laughs> this was the last film that Lorimar filmed before going under, starring Patrick Swayze, best known for Skate Town USA, Liam Neeson, The Deadpool. Adam Baldwin, DC Cab, Helen Hunt, best known for My Two Dads. Did you realize that tragedy has followed this movie significantly? I I, I saw that. It's like, as I'm looking at the cast, yeah, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah. Swayze died in 09. Neeson's wife ran into a tree while downhill skiing in 09. Uh, Adam Baldwin related to the other Baldwins, unfortunately. He's, I thought he was a re, I thought he was a Baldwin brother, but no, they just share the same ancestry that goes back to the 1600s. Okay, I, I didn't think he was because there's like four of them, I believe. Yes, there's Billy, Alec, Vince, <laughs> Tommy, <laughs> Ralph, <laughs> no, Billy, Alec. Who's the goofy one that's a, a Bible banger now? Ah, uh, fuck. And then the fat one. Just keep going. I'll, I'll have All right. All right. Uh, Helen Hunt. Well, she turned mournful. Uh, so but, Stephen Baldwin, Daniel Baldwin. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So Helen Hunt now is, is 69. No. Yeah. 50, no. 59. Is she 59? I think so. She is 11 yeah. years younger than Liam Neeson. So, okay. Yeah. She was born in 63. So that makes sense. So I, I'm like, oh, I wonder what she looks like. So I pulled up a clip of her on the Kelly Clarkson show. Yeah, not good. I can't tell if she's had a lot of plastic surgery or just zero plastic surgery. No, she's had a, a ton. Um, she was in a car accident, but she's in this movie called ICU, which is actually pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And she does not look human. Uh, All she, right. She looks like a robot. See, when you said you were going to talk like about a- Helen Hunt, I thought you were going to talk about the picture I sent to you of Helen Hunt. Yeah, she's mournful now. Yeah, I was thinking more you were going to comment on other areas of her. What, her flabby ass? No, the fact that you can actually see labia in that picture. <laughs> oh, you can? Yes. All right. Well, that's a picture where, like, she's a sex therapist and bangs some paralyzed guy or something? Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who else? Ben Stiller, prostate cancer. Uh, Andreas Katsoulis had to fight Richard Kimball with only one arm. Yes. Uh, he died when he was 60. Uh, Bill Paxton died in 2017. Uh, and then Ted Levine uh, tucked his cock in while he was being pursued by the FBI. Okay. <laughs> you know what that's from, right? No, I don't. Silence of the Lambs. Oh, si- when he oh tucks his- that, that's him? I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, you had you ever seen this movie? No, I had not. Okay. Kind of like you with Buckaroo Banzai, I had never even seen one second of this movie. I think I and, saw the the very, very end of this before. Either that or it was so obvious what was going to happen. Um, but I mean, it would, there was zero surprise for me at the end what happened. I'm like, yeah, that's obviously going to be what's going to happen. Oh, sure. Of course. I, I figured that out right, right away. And I realized that I didn't find this movie by looking up what Helen Hunt had been in. I actually looked this, I found this movie after we'd done The Warriors and The Orphans Leader. I said, why, what else has that guy been in? And when I looked him up, Next of Kin, oh, what's Next of Kin? Who's in that? Oh, Helen Hunt is in that. We're doing Next of Kin. 
Yeah. And so, do you know what city this is supposed to not besides Chicago? Obviously, part of it's supposed to be in Chicago. I don't think it was actually filmed in Chicago, but do you know the like the holler stuff where that was supposed to be taking place? The holler stuff? Yeah, all the hillbilly stuff. Well, in Kentucky. But where in Kentucky? I don't know. Okay. Are, are you going to tell me? No, I don't know. I was asking. Oh, because oh. there is there is a city that is mentioned. And it's actually shown on the the shotgun shells. And it's Ashland, Kentucky, which is literally right across the river from Ironton, which is where I was married. Yeah, and that was kind of a hillbilly town. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to argue there. (laughs) No, no. Um, There were very, very few IMDb notes about this movie. So, all right. So, movie starts. We hear a mouth harp, which, (laughs) yes, followed by some fun hillbilly music. And then the music switches to rock. And, oh, it looks like Chicago. And it's raining. And there's a well, hotel. It looks like there's a rain machine, honestly. Oh, all right. There's a rain machine. And there's a hotel that has a sign on it that says men only. And Matt says, hey, sign me up. <laughs> there's two guys in a car talking, uh, talking that this place is a hillbilly heaven. Let's get these guys. No, let's wait for Gates. These are his people. I'm thinking, oh, okay. Well, Gates must be Patrick Swayze. So I look it up. Well, Patrick Swayze is Truman. But Truman they call Gates. him Gates. He's Truman Gates. Yes. Then Swayze shows up. They call him Truman. And this is what one of the cops says to him. Sorry to take you away from dinner, Truman. What do you got? Goddamn hillbilly wacko tore up two men in a bar. Practically took the head off one guy with a bottle and the other guy was dead before he even hit the floor. What the fuck gets into these people of yours, Gates? Sometimes folks make it to my testy, Zimmer. Got a name? Willie Simpson. Manager said you might know him. Hey, Gates, I'm going to give you 15 minutes. Then I'm going in there and I'm going to put some hair on the wall. You follow what I'm saying? The Bears. But do you know, did you, the guy who tells Gates what's going on, the guy that fills him in, did you recognize him? No, I did not. Okay. I, I just I just say in my notes, I recognize this guy, but I didn't ever follow up on who it actually was. Well, there's a lot of guys in this movie that you say, Hey, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of those guys in this movie. He goes upstairs to the bar and talks to a guy that he knows. And this guy tells him that there are a couple of guys that were messing with his woman and they pulled the knife on him. So, and then he says, make sure he gets a good lawyer. Uh, and I think Truman says back home he wouldn't have needed one. Yes. Yeah. Cause you just deal with hillbilly justice. And then we see a dude loading it. Wait, Go so ahead. a question. Yeah. I thought this was a flop house. Hmm. That does come up. Well, but do flop houses have bars in them? I, I'm not really familiar with flop houses because I've never lived in one, but it's not outside the realm of possibility. And I was waiting for a guy. Got my cheese whiz, boy. <laughs> yeah. But then we see a dude loading a double barrel shotgun. Truman is looking for him, comes in and says, Hey man, I just want to talk. And this is in my notes. It says, Oh, it's the penis tucker from Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. where, where I this- do believe he, he gets killed in heat also in like the bank robbery shootout. Mm-hmm. 
that everybody raves about. Yes. I think he's the only cop that gets killed in that. So this guy, um, the guy that Gates is talking to, I call him Gates. I know you call him Truman. I do call him Truman. Where yes. is this guy from? From Kentucky. But he says he's near something. Where is he from near? <laughs> uh, the Louisville Slugger factory. Hazard. Oh, yeah, Hazard. Hazard County. I wonder if he knows Bo and Luke. I thought that was Georgia. Uh, no, I think it's Kentucky. Because right, I remember as a kid driving through Kentucky and driving through Hazard County and going, oh, this is where the Dukes live and Uncle Jesse. And, well, of course, and you would miss Cooter. Daisy. Yes, and Cooter. <laughs> but, I'd like to have that nickname. It's worse nicknames to have. But yeah. Gates sits down and the, the other guy disarms himself and the guy's lip is all busted up and he's smoking a heater. And apparently it all started because he hit a woman after she pissed him off. Okay. I thought the guy, the bartender says that they were messing with his woman. Well, he's apparently, no, it, well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but he was a minor. Not not like underage, but he worked right. in a coal mine, which comes up over and over and over again in this in this movie. But more cops are showing up outside. And I don't think it's actually said what city it is yet, but there's an elevated train. So yes. it, it, it does end up being Chicago. Yes. And Truman says, they're coming for you. Let me give you a ride down to the station. But, as I flip the pages on my notes. But see, even before he says that, they, they talk about the homeland and they talk about ghosts and hunting yes. dogs and uh, ghosts up on the ridge. And Truman says, they're coming for you, Willie. They'll get you. Or you can come with me. You know, we're just a couple of guys from the hills. You got my word. And you know what other movie Patrick Swayze says they're coming for you, Willie? Um, Tu Wong Fu? Ghost. Okay. <laughs> they're, coming, they're coming for you, Willie. Yeah, did not pull any ghost clips. No, I did not. But the guy says he's not afraid to die. Or he says, I know you're not afraid to die, but this is no place to leave your ghost. And he takes him outside in cuffs. And what happens when he gets him outside? Well, the cop that said, I'm going to give you two minutes and then I'm going to come in there and put some hair on the wall. 15 minutes. Smacks him. 15 minutes? Was it 15 minutes? Um, Smacks him. And Truman gets just a wee bit pissed. And he takes him out. And then later, uh, what what kind of car? You already mentioned it earlier. I have it written a little bit differently, but what is uh, what is he driving? I, just re- I refer to it as an IROC. Yeah, that's what I have. You know, Gates is driving an IROC. We used to call uh-huh. them early 80s white trash mobiles. Okay. <laughs> but he comes upon uh, Bill Paxton's characters, and what is he doing? Uh, his name is Gerald, and he's loading cowboy killers into a cigarette machine. Yeah, vent- cigarette vending machine. And they are brothers. Yeah. Do you remember when you could just go anywhere and just buy a pack of cigarettes out of a fucking machine just by slapping a bunch of quarters in there? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I, well, I remember where there there was no stores really that you couldn't buy cigarettes in, like uh, Target. You, you haven't been able to buy it in Target or CVS. You you can't anymore. You still can in Walgreens, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you used to be able to get cigarettes literally anywhere either from a machine or they'd have the the little rack up on the wall right but yeah they're brothers and apparently um gerald paxton's character flaked on dinner with uh truman and his wife and this is the first time i noticed that truman has a ponytail 
Sometimes he does. Sometimes he does not. Oh, does he wear it down? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Is he wearing his felt fedora in this in this scene? The fedora is is a hard thing to pull off in in the big city. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah, I have a fedora, and the only reason why I have a fedora is because I went as Indiana Jones one year for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I've I've thought about wonder if I wonder if I could pull this off just out in public. No, I don't think I could. I think I'm a ball cap guy. I know a friend of show Dan wears like this small, you know, like the hat that Frank Sinatra would wear, Trilby. But it's but it's like it's like straw or like wicker kind of okay, and he can pull it off. He can pull that hat off. I would not be able to pull that hat off. A kanga? It's not a kanga. Yeah. You know, like the kind of hat that Frank. I, I know what you're talking wear. about. Yeah, I think yes. that's a trilby. Is it a trilby? Yeah, the, a trilby yeah. is no. a, a big for like the um, internet uh, warrior guy, where it's like tip of the hat, ma'am. <laughs> uh but yeah, my dad got gave me a a leather cowboy hat one one year for Christmas and which I have and I've tried wearing it a couple of times and it just first of all I don't like the feel of it and I just again it just it looks awkward on me I wear so. a leather cowboy hat all the time do you yeah <laughs> never else at the house but <laughs> is it black yeah black leather with some studs on it does it have a little like pull down strap pull down rope that holds a red rubber ball? <laughs> no, no. It's just got a regular drawstring, you know, All right. to keep it on. Okay. <laughs> but somebody but, wants uh, uh, yeah. Gerald to go back to the, I call it the holler, back home. Yeah, Briar. Um, and he's like, I'm in between you. And he he tells Truman that once he earns enough money, he's going home. Yeah, what does he need enough money for? A train ride? No, a truck. Oh, a truck? As soon as he saves enough money for a truck, he's gone. And I'm thinking, I wouldn't want to live in Chicago either. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily want to pick where he's going, he wants to go to, but I would not want to live in Chicago. Yeah. But the next scene, uh, he's who? where is Truman now? They have a church, and there's some sort of concert, some string quartet concert. And there's Helen Hunt. I'm like, okay, is this his wife? No, is it's, it's Lily Sobieski. Oh, yes, because that's who looks like Helen Hunt. Right. But I, I said, is this his daughter or his wife? And yeah, that I, becomes a running joke in my notes. <laughs> all right. She's playing the violin. Um, after the little concert, she asks about Ger- Gerald. Uh, Truman says, well, he got another letter from Briar, and then they kiss. Oh, okay. Well, it's his wife or his girlfriend. Well, and I still ask, says, is this his daughter or his wife? Okay. <laughs> Not the way they kissed. Well, okay, they're from Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. He's from Kentucky. Yeah. All right. All right. Now we're at a restaurant. Adam Baldwin is there. His name is Joey. And he shows he shows up and there's a guy at a table and here it says, Oh, it's the one armed man from Fugitive. And then next my next part of my note says, Holy shit, it's Ben Stiller. Yeah, it's uh what's what is it William Sykes? It's something Sykes is his name. In Ooh. in the Fugitive. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Frederick but Sykes. Is it Frederick Sykes? Yes. All right. Uh, the guy, the one-armed man from The Fugitive introduces Stiller to Joey as his son and says, well, he can learn from you. He wants to work for Papa. Yeah, I had this totally wrong for the first half of the film. Okay. I thought that Joey 
and Lawrence were half brothers. Ah, they are not. <laughs> no, they are not. He just Joey is just like his number two. Yeah. So he, wouldn't he already have met the kid? Ah, uh, you'd think so, unless the wife or not the wife, but the the baby mama was outside and protecting Joey or excuse me Lawrence from who his dad is. It sounds okay. like this is a relatively new introduction. Because all right. you're right, his number one you think would know all of like the top guy's family. Yeah. But yeah. we go to uh, Truman's house. I'm trying to say Truman instead of Gates. And he and Lily are, are, are playing house. And Truman is actually playing violin. Teeter totter. <laughs> they call it a sling blade. Hmm? <laughs> Love you. You know what happens when you say that to a mountain boy? Hmm? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Once again, is it his wife or his daughter? <laughs> Well, let's 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 roll roll the clock back on that a little bit. He's shirtless. And my first thought was I bet he's wearing some like super tight bikini cut undies that are like black and gray striped. Like that's something Matt would wear back no, in high school. No, he Patrick Swayze as we know from other Oh, that's right. He doesn't he's not an, an underwear guy. That's right. He's he he wears the the tidy whities, doesn't he? No, he doesn't wear underwear at all. He doesn't? No, in in Roadhouse, because that was the whole thing. I didn't have to take him underwear shopping because he doesn't wear underwear. Oh, When he okay. rolls out of bed and the, the girl oh, yeah. from the bar is there. He's, well, he sleeps naked. doesn't mean he doesn't wear underwear. No, in, but when he, real world. he fucks the, the, the girl later, he just takes his, his jeans down and he doesn't have any underwear on. Yeah, that would make me so nervous that I'd get my cock stuck in the zipper. There's like no no protective barrier there. It hurts. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. Uh, he gooses her as he chases her up the stairs. Yeah. There are sirens a lot in this film. There's a lot mm-hmm. of background sirens throughout this film, even in places where it doesn't make sense that they are. I don't know if they're well, using them to transition from scene to scene. I don't know. It is Chicago. But now we're with Joey in a car, and they're following a truck, and he says, let's teach these punks a lesson. And who's Gerald is in the yeah, Gerald is is driving and he's got a partner. Um, we don't have his name yet, I don't think. No, but it's Jenkins. No, but yes, and this guy was he was the only thing I recognize him from is Hamburger Hill. He was like the first guy in the platoon to get killed on Hamburger Hill. So, but what what are they talking him. about? What are Gerald and Jenkins talking about? I don't know. They're talking about music. Uh, oh. And Gerald is making fun of rap music, and he calls it rat music. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. But the mob guys, which is Lawrence and Joey, uh, they hit the siren. Apparently, they're pretending they're cops. Right. That's no cop. It's a hit. And it turns into a car chase. Um, they drive through a homeless encampment with a shit ton of hubcaps. Uh, that, I, at first, I thought it was... Yeah, I thought it was a homeless homeless place, but then with all of the hubcaps, it had to be a junkyard, I thought. Okay, all right, maybe. But 
um, they box him into a garbage pile. His partner, Gerald's partner, bails. Uh, some guys grab Gerald and toss him into the empty truck. Yeah, into the back of the truck. Yeah. And Joey goes and gets Lawrence, Ben Stiller's character, and he says, come on, I'm going to show you how to negotiate. Joey works him over, tries, uh, Gerald tries pulling a knife out of his boot, and Joey puts it in his pocket, and then this ensues. Oh, I, sh- I can't believe I forgot that. There's a knife in my boot. <laughs> it's actually, there's a snake in my boot, but. Oh. But, uh, uh, is this the hillbilly thing? Yeah. It's, did you bleep it out? No, I did not. <laughs> okay. And I actually, this reminded me of something else, which I don't know if I should play or not, but listen to this clip and there's another very, very famous scene that this is very similar to. You know, Gerald, I've dealt with niggers, pikes, bullocks, chinks, spicks. God made it, I've seen it. But you fucking hillbillies, you are the dumbest I ever met. You know, Gerald, I gotta hand it to you. You got balls. Stupid as shit, but major balls. Hey, hey, what are you doing? That's it, man. It's game over, man. It's game over. The fuck are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do? <laughs> but we missed it. The whole knife thing is a. You tell me where the nuclear vessels are. That that yeah. This film has probably close to half a dozen Chekhov's guns. That sure. I think all of them pay off at at some point. Uh, all right. But the guy that jumped off out of the truck. Hold on. So what was what was the scene? What was the movie that? Oh, I'm was sorry. The other scene was it Full Metal Jacket? Uh, yeah, it was. There is no racial bigotry here. Yeah, um, I don't need to let the rest of that play out. But yeah, that no. <laughs> it, but it, it, it's a kind of the same thing where if you hate everybody, you hate nobody, or it it lessens it a little bit, I guess. All right. Because it's it's not really. It's a racist dialogue, but it's not a racist sentiment. It is just you hate everybody that is not you. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, definitely Full Metal Jacket. And he talks about there's no racial bigotry here. And then he names off how all the different, you know, racial epithets. And you're all equally worthless to me. Yes. But the guy but that his jumped part, out his of the partner, truck, yeah. yeah, runs down the train tracks. And the next and morning, the next day. The, yeah. The Iraq Iraq pulls up to the scene. Just parks and in the, the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah. And a detective tells Truman what happened. And uh, you don't have a clip here, do you? No, I do not. Okay. But um, yeah, he says a company asked for a machine to be removed. And then we go to the... And, and at this point, I don't know why they did this. Right. I have no idea why they they chased this truck down and why they killed Gerald. None, no, no idea whatsoever. Right. But at at the the bad guy place, mm-hmm. Joey is defending his actions to the boss, and he says, "How the hell was I supposed to know that his brother was a cop? How many hillbillies have cop brothers?" Yeah, it was clean, and we got what we wanted. I'm like, what did they get? I don't know. But there's there's another guy there. I call him the consigliere. The lawyer. So do you know who he is? No. 
he's the one that tried delivering the bribe to Elliot Ness in The Untouchables. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Real weaselly looking guy. And yeah. what what is the mob guy's name? Isabella. What's his what do they call him though? Uh Papa John. Yeah, which is weird because we have his pizza stuff here. We don't I can't get Papa John's here where I live. Oh, we we get him here, but he, he dismisses. Does it still come? Does it still come with a banana pepper? Yes, it does. Does it still come with the garlic like, sauce? Dipping, yeah. dipping sauce. Yes. Yeah. And when I went to UW Milwaukee, one of my eighteen years of college, <laughs> we would get Papa John's, and that was the best. I like Papa John's. I and I I like it. I like the pepper too. Mm-hmm. So do I. But uh, yeah, Papa John dismisses the consigliere, and then they're talking. He says, "You shot him in cold blood." Well, did Lawrence tell you that? Hey, I was just following directions. I gave you two instructions: teach him the business and take care of him. And then Joey hands Isabella Gerald's knife. Right, and then uh, Isabella thanks him, and we're back in Kentucky for the funeral, and. The the I, I actually I was I was wondering about this with a plane or in this case a train is it a regular coffin that you ship the body with or do you get the coffin where the funeral is going to be? Um, I don't know. But I've I've never shipped a dead body anywhere by train. Okay, so I I don't know. But Truman and Lily Sobieski, last time I called her that, get off the train and we find out her name is Jesse. Yes. And he says to her, you better wait. The locals aren't good with strangers. And she says, I'm your wife and your daughter. And he says, I'm talking about me, not you. Yeah. And he walks up to the group and it's grandpa and Briar and a bunch of other dudes. And Briar is played by Liam Neeson. He had the vanity credit too, which I did not think that he was that big of an actor at this point. All right. Do you know what the vanity credit is? No. So you have like the top billing, whoever is the first person in the credits. Mm-hmm. And the vanity credit is the last credit. Oh, really? Yes. Because it's like, uh, you know, it was Patrick Swayze, blah, 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 blah. And the very last credit was and Liam Neeson. Oh, I did, I did not realize that. I mean, I noticed that I've seen that sometimes like with Hal Holden. Yeah. But it, it's a uh, cousin, uncle, cousin, uncle, Truman. And Snake. I'm assuming Snake is the snake guy. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he likes his snakes, doesn't he? Uh, Briar notices Hunt. Oh, what you got there? And they take the casket off the train and drive it, drive it back in the back of a pickup. And then we hear a church hymn, which fades into a bunch of people. I'm assuming all family members singing. That's same in a song. Bedro- yeah. In a bedroom over the coffin. Gerald's coffin. I thought it was more of a sitting room than a bedroom. Was it a sitting room? All right. But right before they get to the sitting room, uh, I, I paused it. And it really, the the scenery, just the roads, it really reminded me of the roads the last 10 miles or so to the Shangri-La. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Just the look and feel of it. But a couple other things. There's a woman that's feeding a horse. There's a Mountain Dew sign. There's no sign of a Pepsi machine, though. Um, and... Then they're singing around the coffin and the mom, I think I'm assuming it's the mom puts a picture on the coffin 
and then they're all in the kitchen and Jesse mm-hmm. drops a bunch of silverware. Yeah. And that's, that's Helen Hunt drops silverware. And then Briar <laughs> thanks her for taking care of Gerald. Like, Make him that didn't pay home. off. Yeah. <laughs> right. But so you look at the house and you can see this anywhere when you go to, whether it be an inner city or out in the burbs where you have a house where the, the paint is just flaking off mm-hmm. and you can tell that no real maintenance has been done on it in forever. Mm-hmm. But Jesse is walking outside and she has a, a major case of bedhead. And someone asks her about how her and Truman met. How'd you and Truman meet? I'm at a church. Truman in church? <laughs> Actually, he was investigating a robbery. <laughs> Truman says you play the fiddle. Mm-hmm. I teach violin. You know where it is, Would you? Now? Why, sure. While we were waiting. Sure. That's for what I, I, I accidentally, um, <laughs> I, I hit the wrong thing. So hold on one second. I apologize. I'll just put it back to where it was. How'd you and Truman meet? Because so this way you can actually hear someone brings her out a violin or as they call it, I think a fiddle. Mm-hmm. There, there's some interesting musical choices in, in this film. And uh, I was wrong when I talked about Dirty Dancing a long time ago. Apparently, She's Like the Wind is not the only song that Patrick Swayze has, already su- has ever sung because he has a song on this soundtrack. He sure does. It's, it's included in one of my clips. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, what kind of stupid song is this? But then I listen to it. And I'm like, that's not kind of, it's actually kind of not bad. But as she is playing for them, uh, Truman is looking through a, a screen door and this is becoming a running theme, but he he's sort of looks like Rachel's cat. Oh, he comes out with his shirt all unbuttoned and he's hairless. He's got just a, a little, he's got an RCH of chest hair. <laughs> he's just got like, like a, a little wisp. Yeah, a little wisp. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But uh, yeah, now men are tossing hatchets at playing cards. Uh, and... Once again, that is another. You tell me where the nuclear vessels are. Yeah. People are all around, like all around the village are kind of whatever they're doing, raking, beating the laundry. Lots of sad eyes. Mashing some, some, uh, some, or, uh, what do you call it? When you're, when you're making alcohol, mash. Moonshine? Yeah. Still? uh, You do something with the mash. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. I don't know what the word is for it, but. Crushing the mash. Compressing the man. I don't know. Mashing but they the all kind of, they, their heads all kind of cock up a little bit and listen to her play. Uh, but Truman goes over to Briar's tiny trailer. Yeah. He, he's got a Confederate flag license plate on the front. And yeah. Then, and then there's another one in his, I call it his hovel, which is a little trailer. Mm-hmm. But uh, Truman goes in and he opens up the, the refrigerator and what's inside the refrigerator? <laughs> giant deer head <laughs> yeah he's like got it two weeks ago i'm like that i'm sorry but that blood would still not be red and its eyeballs would not be in that good of shape 
And what, and what it was he fucking, drinking? Yeah. It would fucking stink. Old style. Yeah, he, he's he's drinking some some old style. And uh why do I oh, oh, sorry. And there one of them, I think it is uh yeah, it, it's it's Truman. He has a question. He's looking for something very specific. What is he looking for? Well, here it is. Oh, oh right. where's coal truck? Bank took it when the mine shut down. Who was this? About same time Gerald went north. Kind of makes sense, don't it? Briar, he never told me. That's because I told him not to. He wanted me to go. Chicago, shit. Not me, brother. I'll be there and you can have it. Yeah, I wouldn't want to leave these plush accommodations either. At least it's my place. I still own the land it sets on. Can open the door in the middle of the night and take a piece on it if I want. about paying for the funeral i'll take care of it is that what you come down here to talk to me about paying for his funeral no it ain't god damn it briar you act like you don't bother me about gerald don't you think i asked myself 10 100 times a day what i could have done to stop it you tell me what i could have done Ain't what you could have done that's what's got to be done briar and I can only protect you. I can't fight a war for you. But his accent doesn't quite work here. Because you don't think so? He's an think Irish guy trying to do a Kentucky draw. And I don't think it's obvious that something's not right there. All right. I, I think he's okay. I think he does all right. But uh, Truman is talking to Jesse. He asks how she's doing better and there's a kid that is shooting a bow and arrow mm-hmm. and the kid says your daddy said used to be pretty good with a bow before you went to the city and forgot everything which is once again you tell me yes. where the nuclear vessels are and yeah jesse defends him what, and what, what they name say- does she drop to the kid he uh, says that gates was just like somebody robin hood william tell oh william tell with and, the apple on the head. And the kid says, who the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Show us. And he does. He does a pretty good shot. And then it's the kid's turn. And Truman congratulates him. He's like, you got a 10-point buck. And the kid says, no, I killed the man that shot Gerald. And do you know who this kid is? No. This is Briar's kid. Oh, is it? Yeah. And in a deleted scene, he and Briar, uh, Briar and Truman actually talk because Truman has some concerns about the kid and what he's going to do. The boy is dangerous. They all sense it. Why can't you? His fate is uncertain. He's not dangerous. Less of an accent there. Less of an accent there. I could could definitely see how he floats in and out of that hillbilly (laughs) accent in this movie. Yeah. But uh, there's... I just have old guys, and then it's your clip. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of people that are all standing around, and they are planning. The boy is... Oh, sorry. It's yours this time, Brian. And a penny, Mr. Fallis, and I shall give. Half for an hour. Tooth for tooth. Hand for an hour. The Chicago police will catch Gerald's killer, but we got to give them time. We know about city stories. 
Well, either lived in one or we got Ken there. And we know it's about your police, sir, too. Ask anybody here whether your big city cops ever cared about us, living or dead. I'll grant you we ain't perfect, but we are going to find Gerald's killer. And as soon as we make a case, he is going up for murder one. Damn it, man. He was our brother. A lie or a lie. Amen. 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 And in the next scene, Jesse and Truman are on the train back home. And she snuggles up to him and gives him a train jerk. (laughs) (laughs) But now they're back at their apartment or their house, whatever. And he's looking through uh, police records. Yes. And Jesse comes out in a muumuu. Okay. (laughs) She's wearing a muumuu. And she says, what are these? Uh, these are the men that could have killed Gerald. If Briar kills one of these, they'll kill him. And the, he says that they ran out of leads. And she says, did they ask for your help? And that's when she, they actually the thing about they'll kill Briar. And he, he says he lost one brother. He can't lose another. And now we go back to the mob guys place. I call them mob guys. I'm assuming that that's fair. That's a fair assessment, right? I call them gangsters. Okay. Yeah. But they're putting cameras in the office, and Joey's like, what the fuck, man? And, and the guy says, once well, again, that's was- another. <laughs> you tell me where the nuclear vessels are. It's another one. Yeah. This was Lawrence's idea. Uh, and it turns out Lawrence kicks k- had kicked Joey out of his office and took it over because it's the better office. And he says, well, I'm, I'm here all day. I cleared it with Dad. Dad said it was okay. Yeah, this is going right. to come to a head. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the IROC, the IROC pulls into the vending company and I'm like, oh, okay. So the gangsters own a vending company. All right. Still don't know why they killed Gerald. Because is it the same vending company? Did they kill one of their own guys? I'm not quite sure. Doesn't the security seem a little bit over the top for a vending place? A little bit. I mean, maybe but, Chicago, I mean, but you got, I mean, maybe that's where Axel Foley got all those cigarettes from <laughs> his, his big semi truckload of cigarettes. Yeah. It's not, and that's why they had to Buffalo. put the cameras in. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, um, Joey's pissed about his office and then he sees Truman. Who are you? He tells him, yeah, who, and, your uh, clip. you're, you're actually is? walking through uh, once again, once again, this was where, Yes, I, I typed out some of my clip. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, who are you? Who am I? <laughs> yeah. This is Mr. Rossellini. Uh, I'm Lawrence Isabella. We now operate the business. Ah. Uh, wait. Isabella? Nah, you ain't even kin to Johnny Isabella, are you? <laughs> yeah, he's my father. No kidding. Well, I'm a dang. Can we uh, help you? Yeah, think maybe you can and i'm sure all your employee records are up to date i take it the police haven't been able to locate this david jenkins well if you ask me nobody's looked in the right place yet maybe he took a vacation well i appreciate your help mr isabella yeah um did you find what you were looking for I don't know yet. We'll see, won't we? Is he just baiting him? I'm not quite sure. But then Joey asks Lawrence after Truman leaves, do you think he knows where Jenkins is? 
I gave you a way Lawrence to find out. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I gave you a way to find out. So the IROC pulls out and Joey follows. Doesn't do a very good job of following. I mean, they're like, what, 200 feet behind him? Yeah, if that. They're yes. following in a town car. And Truman knows he has a tail and he's just smiling. And yeah. I, one of them, I think it's, I think it's probably Lawrence says he's taken us to the projects. Mm-hmm. No, Lawrence isn't with them. Oh, is it Joey? It's just Joey, and the, the the driver is the orphan gang leader from the Warriors. The goofy-looking guy? Yeah. And, yeah, but no shit. Keep following him. And then Truman pulls up to a building and runs in. And then Joey and his cronies follow him in, and they come upon a, a little kid. And they ask him, what do they ask him if he saw, if, what the kid saw? Have you seen a white guy? <laughs> Hey, asshole, don't be so racist. Kid says 152 and smiles and then walks away. Mm-hmm. Holding up some money in his hand. One small problem. There's no 152. And then they look down and they go, hey, that's our car. And it's getting stripped. Yeah, that thing gets and stripped in a hurry, like from a NASCAR sure does. team. Yeah. And they run down and the IROC takes off. Yeah, he's just smiling as he peels out and... The the bad guys, the guys that just got their car stripped, they're just mm-hmm. open carrying. Which they sure are. I mean, in Chicago, you uh, can't even. No. Yeah, you can't even conceal carry in Chicago. But now we see um, Briar. He's in a truck and he's driving into the city. And they actually show at that time the Sears Tower. Now I think it's the Willis Tower. Mm-hmm. And Briar talking about yes. Yeah, Briar's checking out a a flop house. Uh huh. And how do we know it's a flap house? Uh, it's in the clip. It should be in the clip that you pulled. Okay, but that clip comes in just a second. But there's rules: no women allowed, mm-hmm. no guests after ten, no cooking in rooms, keep TV room clean. And Briar says, "Sounds like a fun place." Sixty-five dollars a month, forty-two dollars a week, six fifty a day, uh, cash up in front. <clears throat> uh, no cash, no flop. There you go. Hey, yo. Used to pay only 25 for a whole month's rent back home. Yeah, well, you know, friend, you're in Chicago now, so you know, better uh, <clears throat> get used to those high prices. Often does a train go by. So often you won't even notice it. Yeah. What's that from? Blues Brothers. Oh. All right. Did you recognize the guy? It's brain. What's it from? He's from Tango, Tango and, Cash. and Cash. Yeah, it's brain. He's also he's also the guy that gave up Bonnie and Clyde in the Warren Beatty version of Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, I've never seen it. You've never seen it? No. Nope. Okay. All right. So instead of watching four seasons of What We Do in the Shadows. I, I, I won't watch four seasons of What We Do in the Shadows. Well, it's because you already did. But now I know you're on to your next stupid binge. <laughs> I actually don't have anything right now. Okay. But that night, uh, right. Briar is going up to a fence with razor wire, and he cuts the bolt on the fence. And yeah. The trick he does on the dogs is actually kind of cool. It's pretty cool. The, the dogs come at him. There's a sign right there that says, beware of dog. He just basically opens the door. They run out the door, and then he just closes it behind them. Yeah. And then Lawrence is walking out to his Corvette. Yes, and day. immediately it's like, oh, he's driving the Corvette. Must be a douchebag. <laughs> but the next day, 
the IROC pulls up in front of a social club and he goes in and he's looking for the one armed man. Yeah. A bunch of old farts playing, playing cards. cards and pools. Yes. Do you guys have uh, like, like uh, not Lions Club, but what's the other one? Um, it, it's similar to the Lions. Um, Kiwanis. Do you have any of Rotary. those clubs that Rotary. Are, are just like social clubs and people are always gambling in there? No, I don't think so. I'd like uh, is what I know about the Lions Club and the Rotary and Kiwanis is with the exception of the Lions Club here where we live. They don't have a building. They they have their meetings at like a restaurant, back room of a restaurant. Yeah, because I, I know here that there are some of those places that are they're social clubs and they have gambling and stuff like that. Oh, all right. All right. But um, he comes in, he goes, howdy, I need to talk to Johnny Isabella. Heard this was his club. And he asks them, are you guys gambling? Well, there's no money on the table. But he goes to a table and there's a sheet of paper that basically it's like a ledger sheet. Tally sheet, sure. Yes. And he says, hey, who's Vinny? He's doing pretty good. Uh, he's looking for the answer. And as he's not getting any answer, he's tearing up the sheet of paper. And obviously the guy who is Vinny is looking on like, oh, man, that was doing really good. <laughs> yeah, but he just throws it on the ground. He can tape it back together. Sure, sure. But Isabella comes out. And says, I'm Johnny Isabella. And then yeah, well, yeah. I believe you have a clip here. Well, actually, I have two. The first thing is Gates asks if he knows why he's there. Well, hell yes, I have a prosthetic arm. I must have murdered his wife, right? Come on, give me a break, will you? Well, uh, um, but he's also cooking and he asks what's going on. So what can I do for you? My name is Truman Gates. I'm the brother of the Northside employee who was killed the night of August the 8th. One week before you took over the company. Sorry, I, I didn't know anything about anyone getting killed. As for my taking over Northside, uh, it's no big secret. I've been after George Miller for five years. Let me buy him out. It was a good deal for both of us, too. Needs oregano. You know, you should check with George about all that. But uh, as for murder in a truck, I didn't say anything about a truck. Dun, dun, dun. Must have read about it. Something I really don't remember. If you're insinuating that I had your brother killed, let me make something clear. I don't operate that way. I mean, to you, uh, I may look like Al Capone or God knows who, I don't know. I'm a businessman. Like any other businessman, no better, no worse. And I'll tell you something else. I don't need to go around killing people to get what I want. Let me tell you a story, Mr. Isabella. Years ago, one of my uncles was shot and killed. His wife was pregnant at the time, and she saw it happen. But when the sheriff asked her who did it, she just pointed here and said, he knows. And someday he'll settle it. And 16 years later, he did. Good story. 16 years later? That That's... A lot of shit can happen in 16 years. Sure. But during that clip, at one point when Isabella is, you can hear him like chopping up vegetables and stuff. Mm-hmm. He actually points the knife at Truman. Almost threateningly. And he actually, at one point, Truman says, you know, hope that's not a threat. 
or no, actually, Isabella says, I hope that's not a threat. And Truman says, I got three counties worth of kin that want justice. Mm-hmm. And so now, now we know why Gerald was killed because they were a rival vending company. But what, so, what is, what is he, Isabella actually asked, what do you want from me? And what is it that he wants? He just wants the guy who pulled the trigger. He just wants the trigger man. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Y- you serious? I didn't have anybody murdered. If I did, I wouldn't turn him over to the police. Yeah. He's, Isabella is very convincing. And then the last thing is the, the Isabella gives kind of his condolences about Truman's brother. Truly sorry about your brother. Too bad. Oh, no, sir. We ain't seen bad yet, but it's coming. And now we go back to the flop house. Mm-hmm. Briar's loading shotgun shells and bullets. He's making shells. Well, that's what I mean. Yes, he's load. Yes, oh, I he's thought making you meant he was shells. loading them oh, into. Okay, yeah, sorry. yeah. No, and he's got just like a pile of gunpowder there, and there's a candle. It's not smart. <laughs> no. Well, actually. Not great, Bob. Yeah. And you got to think, you saw what his place looks like. He, uh-huh. he is not meticulous in his cleanliness and, you know, keeping things separated. But he his, did, be- his beard looks like your beard. It's all <laughs> shaggy and half cut here and half cut there. Yeah. But he draws a gun and opens the door and it's the landlord. What's the landlord's name? Harry? Brain. Okay. And he's, I could smell you down. Well, where's the, I can smell your, what is, what is it from fucking it's from, uh, Silence, Silence of the Lambs? Yeah. I can smell your cunt. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, and, well, well, Briar asks him, Hey, you want to make 20 bucks? Immediately Matt goes, Hey, 20 bucks, 20 bucks, man. That's what it says in my notes. <laughs> it's cold, man. I, I can't believe you, you were, you're just basically, you're running down my beard, man. That that's cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I've seen it where it's nice, and then I've seen it where it's not nice. Yeah, and I'm re- I'm referring to the not nice times. They they happen. I'll I'll, I'll uh-huh. give you that, and I'm not sure. going to be able to find it, so I'm just going to let keep on going. But yeah, twenty All bucks right. is twenty bucks, and he says, "Do you know how to use the telephone?" And it's like, "Yeah, I'm not from Kentucky. I know how to use yeah. the telephone. I'm not, a, I'm not a fucking moron." And then he gives him a, a piece of paper with a telephone number. And if I'm not back in the morning, call my kin. All right. So that night, Briar's climbing a building. He's doing some parkour up the building. I said Batman shit, but sure. Okay. There's some guys that are eating Chinese food. Lawrence is there. The orphan leader is trying to get smokes out of the machine that's in their little warehouse where they're hanging out. That gets stuck. Um, the lights go out, but... The cigarette machine and the pinball machines stay on. Stay on. Yeah, that was. And and the orphan guy, the orphan leader, goes, "Hey, it got dark." Well, no shit. <laughs> but w- what is Joey doing right now? He's with a whore. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes downstairs, and Briar is still upstairs. And somebody says, "What happened with the lights?" Oh, I thought maybe it was you. And then the lights come back on. And Briar comes down, and he has both a pistol and a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And he tells everybody to get down on the floor, and everybody does except for one person. Uh, is that Joey? Yeah. Joey says, he does not get on the floor. He says, do you know who you're fucking with? And Briar says, that's why I'm here. 
Yeah. I want the man who killed my brother. Yeah. And Joey one guy goes, yeah. Yeah. One guy goes for his gun and instead of shooting that guy, he shoots like the video poker machine. Then he shoots the Chinese food, then the pinball machines, then the water cooler. And when he shoots the water cooler, that's when Joey gets really pissed. And Joey says, nobody knows anything about your brother. And then the whore comes down and she says, I said nothing kinky. <laughs> yeah. I called the cops. And sirens are going off as Briar gives a warning, but Joey isn't buying it. Fair warning, boys. But I found out who killed my brother. Working around here is just going to be no fun at all. No, they won't. What, you think you're some kind of Jedi waving your hand around like that? I'm a Toydarian. Mind tricks don't work on me. Yeah. <laughs> Just ruin everything, this one. Yeah, everything? That's great. But he, a bunch of the pinball machines got shot. Pinball machines are worth fucking bank. I mean, maybe they weren't back then, but easily he shoots about $15,000 worth of pinball machines just by shooting mm-hmm. three machines. Yeah. Yeah. You're not recovering that machine once it's been shot by a shotgun. Um, The next morning, Isabella is there, and... He's uh, somebody says this makes me feel foolish. Yeah, it's Isabel says that. Oh, he does that and asks, "Do you know who did it?" Yeah, and then and then Truman walks in, and he picks up a shell and just mm-hmm. kind of smiles, and he says, "Hey, I, I guess you guys had some problems." <laughs> nah, nah, it's a misunderstanding. That oh, that's why you're not pressing charges against my brother. And then I think Isabella says, "Who said it was your brother?" And is, uh, you're going to take care of it? Yeah. Just so you know, you, you mess with my brother, you mess with me. And what did that mean? What do you mean, what, is, what did it mean? One of them says, what did that mean? And then the, another person says, fucking hillbillies. They they mm-hmm. push rocks for a living. And as much Isabel- as I, I might not understand everything about hillbilly culture, I'm pretty sure they do not push rocks for a living. <laughs> No, the, I think the farm rocks. Oh, I thought they push said rock. push rocks. I don't know. But then Isabella says, hey, that's what they said about my Sicilian ancestors 100 years ago. Right. So it's basically saying we're not so different. And Joey's pissed. Uh, take care of him. Find him and take care of him and take care of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. care of him last week. But I don't yes. care if you have to go through every flop house and – they show the the mob guys or the gang guys, and they're not having a lot of su- success. But then, just by chance, Briar walks right past the mob guys, <laughs> right as they're getting frustrated. Yeah, two guys go to the landlord, and they're like, "Hey, pizza delivery!" And they're in suits. Hey, there's no food here, and they draw a gun on him. <laughs> and he's, yeah, they pull a gun. What's his fucking room number? <laughs> right. So at this point, we're what an hour into this movie. Okay. And only one person has been killed. And that would be Gerald. Gerald. Sure. Yes. So I'm thinking, okay, here, there's going to be some violence here. So Somebody's going to die right now. No, the only violence that happens is somebody kicks a bottle. Yeah. They go to the room. He, well, he hears the bottle getting kicked, right? Right. And then he goes out the window. Mm-hmm. Well, they go to his room. He hears, he smells them. They kick in the door. Why didn't he grab his no, guns? No, he did not. He did not go out the window. I'm sorry. He's hiding he behind didn't. the door. 
he's hiding. They see the open window. A guy goes up to out to it, and Briar throws him out. Right. But he's still hanging on like a pipe outside the window. And and then there's a chase. And hold uh, on, not yet, not yet. The the orphan leader. Yeah, the bad guy is shooting. Yeah. And it's like bullets are going off around the guy who's hanging from the window. (laughs) Quit trying to help me. Yes. He falls down to the fire escape. Then Briar climbs out and the other guy follows. And then Briar from the building, well, he's crossing several buildings, but jumps on a train car. Yeah. He, he jumps onto an L as he, he's being shot at. And then, uh, Gerard looks at him and he turns back and just smiles at him. Yeah. It's from, uh, oh God. The sequel to The Fugitive with uh, Marshals, oh, U.S. Marshals. U.S. Marshals Wesley with Robert Snipes, Downey Jr. When, yeah, he does like a little thing where he gets on a train and he just kind of waves at him. But yeah. Is that Wesley Snipes that's is the bad guy in that movie? No, Wesley Snipes is the guy he's chasing. Robert Downey Jr. is the bad guy in that film. Not in U.S. Marshals. Yes. No, Robert Downey Jr. is the good guy. He gets killed. No, Robert Downey Jr. is the bad guy in U.S. Marshals. Mm. Bet. And Wesley Snipes is in U.S. Marshals? Yes, Wesley Snipes is the guy that Gerard is chasing in U.S. Marshals. But he's a good guy. Yes. But I think I've only seen that movie once. Huh. Excuse you. But, um, <laughs> so they're going to chase the, the train. I didn't, I didn't do anything. I heard something. Um, they're going to chase the train in a car, and Briar is just kind of chilling on the top of the train. He is, yes. Um, but then he sees the car, and then yes. there's another train that's coming the other way, and he hops over to that train. That would not be an easy thing to do. You don't think so? No, no. Just momentum, no. and if you if your foot caught, that would Ooh. immediately snap your leg. But if it yeah. doesn't catch, you're going to roll quite a ways. Mm-hmm. It, it's just the, the angular momentum would be very, very difficult to account for. But uh, right. the bad guys pull up at the station and Briar's just chilling on top of the other train. Right. The orphan leader goes in to the to the train that he thought Briar was on and the door closes and he has the car keys and shows <laughs> the other two guys that he has the car keys. Sorry. Then we go to a bar and uh, Briar is doing a shot. And I, I noticed this because you're not a big shot guy. No, I do not care for shots. There's been many times where I've been out with a group of people and somebody buys, buys a round of shots. And sometimes I've done them. Other times I've turned them down and been called a pussy. Yep. And like, you, no, I, I, no. I get it. Some people don't like doing them. There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. I'm here for a long time and a good time. I'm just not here to get fucking annihilated in a bar and have to worry about driving home. But there's two ways to do shots. There's the right. the slow shot, and then there's the way I do shots, which is where you just throw it back. Yeah. He's doing the slow shot. He's basically yeah. almost sipping it down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I can't do and that's that. How you sh- that's how you should drink whiskey, because, I mean, unless it's like shit whiskey, but that's how you should drink whiskey is by sipping it. Yeah, but I'm but, I'm never doing shots of of whiskey. I'm doing you know doing shots of Malibu. or something. <laughs> you're doing shots of Malibu. No, but I have a buddy, a buddy who always used to every time we went would go out. He'd make us do shots of tequila, and I fucking hate tequila. So yeah. that's a matter of just getting the tequila down so you can do whatever your chaser is or the the lemon. But 
the last time I drank tequila was the night before the Packers played the Giants in the NFC Championship game when it was butt fucking cold. Oh, the one where Favre th- threw the interception his last game as a Packer. Yeah, he he th- he threw it to the only guy that was not open. Yes. Okay. Um, and I did several shots of tequila, and I was so sick and so hungover that even when that game rolled around at six five o'clock or six o'clock at night, I still felt like shit. That's the last time that I drank tequila. I think that was oh nine. Oh, I I just remember I watched the or end was that of the 07? G- end of the that game was 07. at a hockey yeah, rink because waiting for my oh. game to start. But yeah, oh. he, he does a shot, he does another shot, and then Truman shows up, and then the two of them talk in the bar. Well, look who's here. What they teach you in airborne how to sneak up on people? I thought all you did was jump out of airplanes. They taught me to jump quiet. Beer. Oh, you're taking me in for busting up that shop. Huh? Well, totally destroying a person's place of business does happen to be crime up here. That ain't why I'm taking you in. I'm busting you for carrying a concealed weapon. You asshole. I found out more in two hours than you did in two weeks. I know who killed you. Joey Rossellini. If you know why ain't you doing something about it? Because like I told you before, I need proof, solid proof, so he won't get off. I'll fix it so he won't get off. That's why I'm taking you in. So th- there's a Confederate flag in that bar in Chicago. Is this a hillbilly bar that they're at? Uh, I would assume it'd have to be. All right. I, but then they start fighting. Yeah. The, a bartender tries calling the cops and the customer stops him. Yeah. Patron just hangs up the phone. <laughs> Yeah, and they're fucking the place up. Um, they fight onto the bandstand, into the drums, and then mm-hmm. finally the fight is over, and then they talk after the fight. Well, that's um, this is where Briars in a chain link fence cage at the cop shop. That that's how it ends. I think. Yes. But, yeah. Okay. Better than television. No, maybe not. Between one of us, no more. You might yeah, talk, man, inside, man, but in your heart, you ain't family no more. You're just a cop that came from the hills. Oh, now he's in the chain link fence. Cage. That's Patrick Swayze singing. Do you know who that is? Liam Neeson? No, Larry Gatlin. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the clips that I had, you had, so I just used yours. Oh, you know, it's I, I feel bad. Patrick Swayze was an American treasure. I mean, he did it all. He danced, he sang, he acted, and I think he did all pretty well. Yeah, 
Uh, and, you know, he obviously he died young, but I think he also he had a, a certain amount of tragedy in his, his life. I think just like John Travolta, he had a wife that died early of something. Oh, all right. I think. But do you know how old or comparison wise, who's supposed to be older, Briar or Truman? Briar. But I think he's in real life. He's only like two months older than Swayze. Yeah, they were born in the same year. Yeah. All right. But, but Truman comes home. Uh, Jesse's waiting yeah, for she's, him. She's got a whole setup for him. Yeah, she has a surprise. What is it? What is it, boy? Is Timmy <laughs> caught in the well? <laughs> he thinks that she got accepted to the Chicago Symphony. Nope. No, no, no. She's pregnant. Yeah. So he's going to be a father. Yes. And Can a I grandfather. Can I touch it? <laughs> That's what he asks. Well, uh, here, no lower. No lower. And then he just starts fingering her. <laughs> yes. For some reason, yeah. there's a teddy bear at the table. I didn't understand that. But the the next day, I'm sorry. Oh, what was that? Uh, as I said, the next day, I was gesticulating with my hands and I hit the, the beep button. Oh, all right. Uh, Truman is letting yeah. uh, Briar out of lockup. Yeah, I got a deal for you. Pure and simple, it's like this. Anything you have that might help us catch Joey Rossellini, you share with me. We find him, we turn him over to stand trial. What I need from you is to help me find David Jenkins. He is with Gerald the night he was killed. I'm betting on the fact that he saw it. I don't agree you're going to take me back to lockup. That's your deal? That's my deal. That's my boat. Take me back to jail then. We both know who killed Gerald. When I get out, I'll settle it. Okay, if that's the way you want it. While you're sitting down there waiting on your butt, I'm going to find the proof on Rossellini and I'm going to put him away myself. What if this here Rossellini feller should take another shot at me? Am I supposed to stand around with my hands in my pockets? <laughs> well, I sure as hell ain't. Mm-hmm. Got a deal? I guess we got a deal. So they have a deal, and they go to some bar, and the when, place the the place Gerald wrote about this place. And as they walk <clears> in, some guys they take a seat at a in a, in a booth, and a couple <laughs> big guys come over to them and say, "You mind if we dance with the old dates?" <laughs> a record scratches and stops, and everybody looks. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I found it. I can smell your cunt. But. <laughs> <laughs> but they they ask about Jenkins and Brian a guy sticks co- out like a sore thumb in this. Well, yeah, he the, looks like a cleaner version of you. <laughs> but um, they order some beers in bottles and and that really bothers me in any kind of movie where somebody just says they they go to a bar and they just say give me a beer. Oh, okay. But I, I think it's uh Briar wants a draft and some bottles not good enough and. They ask about Jenkins, and the bartender uh-huh. says, nah, no idea. But the bartender goes over and says something to another guy at the bar. And Briar actually is aware enough to see that something is going on. Mm-hmm. And then a guy comes over and says, the preacher wants to talk to them. And a gunfight is about to well, break out. <laughs> he draw he draws his gun because Briar's looking the other way. And he says to Truman, the preacher wants to see you. And then... Briar 
turns around, sees the gun, grabs it, a shot goes off, and then everybody pulls their guns, except for one guy who has a pair of nunchucks. <laughs> did you see that? No, I did not. I was like, that guy's got nunchucks. <laughs> They're not nunchucks. It's like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> um, but, uh, bye-bye. Hey, we, we don't want, want any trouble. We just want to talk to Jenkins. Well, you came then, to the wrong place. Yeah, but then Jenkins comes out. No, they didn't. Can we talk outside? And uh, then we go to the flop house, and the mob mm-hmm. guys are tossing the flop house room that Briar's in, and they find his hidden guns. And one guy is super, super happy about that. Yes. And then we go back to Jenkins, and Briar and Truman talk to Jenkins. I'd like to show you some photographs. I can look at your pictures, but I didn't see anything, okay? You know, you're just as dumb as he was. I told him to pull over. Let him take what they wanted. But he wouldn't listen. You keep pushing this thing, you're going to wind up the same way. These are bad people. You don't mess with them. David, you can't hide from these people. They'll get you. Master, if you're the same fellow that Gerald wrote me about, you're going to hate yourself for a long time for not looking at these recognize either of these two yeah they were there now were they in the truck with him no and him in the truck and him two in the truck are you sure pretty sure yeah and mm-hmm. he, he he has fingered both joey and Lawrence, figuratively. Mm-hmm. And then Jenkins leaves. I got caught. But Briar wants to go to the vending machine company now. And yeah. that's, that wasn't the deal. The deal was to have the cops deal with it. We're only halfway there. But now they're in the IROC and they're, they're driving around. And what is, what is uh, Truman doing? I don't know. He's uh, rubbing his jaw as they shoot the shit. Uh, How's it feel? A little bit like I was hit head on by a coal truck. <laughs> hey, you remember the time uh, I took Betty Jean to the movies in a, in Jackson and you thought she was your girl? She was, damn it. Oh, shit. And we duked it out to what, three o'clock in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> that was a bad one, all right. Yeah. Betty Jean. Man, you should see her today. Real scuzz bucket. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to believe we had a fight over the likes of her. We had some doozies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we made a mean pair too. Yeah. Weren't the same after you left. I'm gonna be a father, Briar. And a grandfather. Um, but they're bonding like brothers. And the reason I, I like that clip is it showed it was completely exterior to the main plot of the film. But it, mm-hmm. it, it's a great scene because it shows kind of that bond that they have. Even though they're somewhat estranged, they still mm-hmm. have this this shared history. Brothers. <laughs> but now back at Truman's house, once again, he's shirtless. And yeah, He's and, brushing his... 
He's yeah. brushing his teeth. And yeah, and he is being thankful to Jesse and well, she's being a little cunty. <laughs> a little she bit. Let me stay here tonight. I have to tell you, I think what you're doing is wrong. You're welcome to stay here as long as you're in town, just like Gerald was. But this is my home, my family, and anything you do that threatens that is going to make you unwelcome here. Okay? Good night. Yeah, I, I, I know that there are people that don't get along with their in-laws, but that's not even passive-aggressive. That is just openly aggressive. Yeah, I... I think she has every right to say that, though. I, like, I I don't disagree, but don't fuck with the system, man. We had a good thing going here, and you know, let the cops handle this. Don't fuck it up, because I don't want my husband getting killed because you're out for revenge. But it, it's not even what you say; it's it's how you say it, and it's it's tone. Yeah, right. and you know, and the tone, to be honest, came off a little cunty. So. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that your brother's dead, but I mean, he's going to come back and we're going to be chasing tornadoes in a couple of years. <laughs> like the, it's that movie twister made it seem like you could walk right up to a tornado and just kind of stick your hand in and go, Ooh, now I pulled out hands in the tornado. Now I pull out the tornado or the hand. And who is the, uh, the other girlfriend, the psychiatrist and twister. Yeah. Um, Paxson's girlfriend she's been in other stuff deborah messing no no not as hot as deborah messing not as hot as deborah messing deborah messing i think is hot i think she's a little bit isn't she scientology or is that the other one that's jenna elfman is jenna elfman scientology i i think so i know she's insane allegedly but oh anyway allegedly uh, yeah (laughs) allegedly the next day uh briar wakes up and what is Jesse doing? Well, I I have Jesse's playing the, the violin, and I'm like, she doesn't sound really good. And then he goes downstairs, and oh, she's teaching a kid how to play the violin. And, and Briar says, I told him to wake me early. He lied to me. And he, and then he, tells he lets her, slip that they found who the killers are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tells her what's up and leaves. But the little and, kid is like looking around. Um does this mean that the lesson is over? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can I go now? Uh, but now, we're, is it a hotel or a restaurant? I think, or it's, is a, it a rest- I think it's a restaurant that's on the, it, the ground floor of a hotel. Okay, it's a kind of that's what I thought. Restaurant. Yeah. Lawrence is there, and who sits down with him? Uh, Truman. Yes. Don't worry, Lawrence. Nobody's here. I haven't done anything illegal. Oh, really? Well, I had an interesting talk with a fellow last night who claims different. My man said you were in the back of the truck with my brother when he was killed. That's good. Enjoy. Well, why don't you bring him in if you saw everything? Oh, I will. Unfortunately for you, it's enough to put you away for murder. <laughs> Even if you were just standing around me. That's the law. It's... I don't want you, Lawrence. You know who I want. I want the man who pulled the trigger. I want the man you saw do it. But then we go back to the office, the bad guy Mm -hmm. office, 
and <clears throat> Joey's on the phone, and Lawrence walks in. Yeah, and he looks like he's been roughed up. And and Joey actually says, you look like shit. What is wrong? Talk to me like I'm your brother, which this yeah. is where it clicked to me. Holy shit, plan? they're not brothers. Yeah. Is this part of a plan between Truman and Lawrence? No. no. You don't think so? I don't think so. Because, well, I mean, it comes up later on. If If it was, I would think that either Truman or somebody else would be keeping an eye on Lawrence and what happens to Lawrence would not be a possibility. Well, why does Lawrence come in looking roughed up then? I think, Truman didn't. I think he's Truman disheveled. Didn't. I think he's just kind of, he shook up and he's been walking around and running his hands through his hair because he's all like fucking pent up because, oh my God, I'm going to go to jail for murder one because of what this asshole did. Yeah. All right. But at, at uh, Truman's house, more lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesse walks out, a student out of the house and then Joey is there and, and he tosses some Frank's red hot in her face. <laughs> it's just red paint. I didn't know it was red paint. I thought I it was. I didn't understand what it was. I'm like, was, is that Tabasco sauce? Yeah, that's yeah. Frank's red. <laughs> that, that would make sense because that's going to sting a like, little bit. Hey Jesse, and then she turns and he's there and he's like, whoosh. And again, here we are, an hour and twenty minutes into this movie, one person has other, died. <laughs> one person has died. Um, and I'm expecting, you know, I I just would have thought more people would have died so far, but I guess not. She goes inside. Calls Truman, says it was red paint, and she can't get it out. Either way, whether it's red paint or Frank's red hot, it's going to sting the eyes. Right. And then we see uh, Joey is telling Lawrence, don't worry about it, it's taken care of. Mm-hmm. And this is where I've just found out it's not. Joey is also not the one, our man's son, but uh, Truman's in the Iraq and he's racing home. And the bad guys are loading up a, a, a car and it's cutting back and forth and it goes to Gates. Truman's still racing in the IROC. He's not wearing a seatbelt, but he runs in the house and he calls for Jesse. No response. And he does like the typical TV slash movie cop thing where if he doesn't get a response immediately, he pulls his gun out and he, he pulls the slide out, slide back. Yes. So he's got a sweet nickel plated Breda 92F. I like that gun. But she's in the shower and I have yeah. a problem with this. Because she was fully clothed? Yeah. That wouldn't, that doesn't make sense. Well, if you're covered in red paint and you just want to immediately get into the shower and get that wash that out of your face, yeah, I you're think not going to take. You're jumping in with your clothes on, but I think as you're in there, you're taking your clothes off because you want to get it all off of you. All right, all right. But, she says, "You lied to me." No, I didn't. You didn't tell me anything. And then she hits him. Yeah. And then he joins her in the shower, and he says, "I'm going to get you out of here." Back at the flop house, uh, Brain tells Briar that he's sorry that the guys came and kind of stole his weapons. Yeah, I couldn't stop them. And then he goes to his tossed room. Uh, Briar then goes to a bar and wants to buy a gun, and the bartender is being difficult. And yeah, he says, Briar, don't have one. It's a peaceful yeah, place. Yeah, grabs him by the nose and and takes a double-barreled shotgun and a box of shells. And, yeah, have a good day now. You hear? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gates is yeah. on the radio in the IROC for some reason, but other cops are picking up a shotgun shell. And this yeah. is where it says it's manufactured in Ashland, Kentucky, which is right outside of Ironton. Oh, all right. And it's, uh, then we see Lawrence, you get him. Uh, somebody else did. Um, yeah. Whacked they him. Whacked af- him. <laughs> yeah. After they tortured him. And we see a smoldering corpse, which <laughs> looks like doesn't have a head. <laughs> but who did it? I uh, think it was your brother. <laughs> Nice frame job, yeah. Yeah. And Joey is consoling Isabella, and mm-hmm. 
the one-armed man is crying and Joey is spinning a good yarn. He's telling a good tale here. And he is, he's asking for permission. He said, just let me take care of it for Lawrence's sake. And then the lawyer is trying to actually talk some sense into Isabella. Mm-hmm. John, I just heard. I made some calls. What did it, Frank? They only know he was killed with a 12-gauge shotgun at close range. If this is the hillbilly's gun, give it to the police. Let them handle it. With the weapon, they can close the case fast. They have a suspect. No! And then Isabella greenlights Joey. Yeah. He says, go ahead, take him out. Do it. Do it. <laughs> well, he's dead. So, yeah. But uh, Truman goes to the flop house and the landlord's like, oh, you just missed him. And while this is going on, Briar is breaking in and the crooks are watching this going on. On the CCTV? Yeah, just before the CCTV thing. There's there's two individual things. Uh, Truman's on the radio requesting backup. And then there's a cool shot of Briar with a shotgun just in shadow as he's about to go into the building, which for some reason it says reminded me of Highlander. I don't know why. But All right. this is where the CCTV stuff comes back because... Yeah. Go ahead. And this is where Joey says, Lawrence, you little prick, this wasn't a bad idea. Right. So that's why it's... Lawrence, you little prick. <laughs> no. This wasn't such a bad idea after all. And that, that's all a tape. So Briar went in and then when he went into the room, there was a tape that was playing, which was recorded like it was Joey and another whore. Yeah, I feel like something is missing from this movie because I Joey wouldn't kill Lawrence just to set this up. I really feel like Lawrence was, was in working with, with, with Truman and Joey caught wind of it. And somehow through the editing process or something, I'm not sure. I, I just, Joey just wouldn't kill Lawrence. Um. Okay, I, I understand exactly where you're coming from, and I'm not saying you're wrong. In in watching the film, for me, I read it as Joey is the one-armed man's number one guy. You're my number one guy. Until... Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is Bob, actually. It is Bob, yes, from Batman. But until Lawrence shows up, Joey is that guy, but as soon as... Bob, I'm sorry, as soon as Lawrence is there, now Joey has been superseded. He lost his his cush office. Okay. All right. And, that's and fair. That's why I saw it. He he saw Joey is taking his place in the hierarchy because up until the the time when Lawrence came into the business, Lawrence was the next guy. He was going to be the successor. That that's how I read it. But you you possibly you could absolutely be right. And that could be tied to the whole fact that when uh, Lawrence got back. He appeared to be roughed up. Yeah, like that was all. It's all part of the plan. Uh, yeah, but, but Joey Briar goes. Crew, Bri- yeah, they set up yes. a trap, and Briar walked yes. right into it. 
he sees some shadows and he gets behind a desk and they the two guys come in and he lights up a desk. He shoots one and then another through the window. Yes. And then Joey comes in and shoots him three times, says sleepy time gates, but then Briar knocks over a lamp to dark the room out. Right. And, and the cops are showing up. Once again, sirens. We hear sirens. So Joey and the rest of them leave. And then Gates comes uh, in and he's calling for Briar. He goes upstairs and he finds him. And how's he doing? Well, not great, Bob. But even in death, um, Briar has other things on his mind. This is a long clip. Briar? I know where this is going. Should have waited for you. We could have whooped them together. Right? No. Promise. Promise me you will train the boy. Yes, master. It's like after Bornero. He is the chosen one. I'm at the Lake Michigan vending company, which earlier tonight was the scene of the Truman. Look. They got breaking and entering. Assault with a deadly weapon. Murder. It was a setup, Tony. I know it was a setup. You know it was a setup. Rossellini knows it was a setup, but just knowing doesn't change anything. Yeah, it does. So, what does Truman do? Gives him his badge. It, that is. It has to be considered a tropey thing. I mean, how many times has that happened? Either give me your badge and your shield and gun, or they, mm-hmm. they turn it in and blah, 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 blah. But yeah. He, he jumps in the IROC and he takes off. And then uh, back at the flop house, someone tells Brain to check out what's going on on the news. And what's yes. on the news? Well, it's the reporting of Briar dying. So he grabs a little piece of paper and then a phone rings in Hillbilly Land. Yep, yep, and, yep, 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 yep. Oh, yep, yep. I'll escape. My name's Harold. Anyway, I'm a friend of Briar Gates. Uh, he asked me to call you in the case that something happened to him. Oh, he was shot last night. I appreciate it, friend. going on a trip yes my love yes my love so the guy that says rosie rosie my, my love we're going on a trip who is that snake that's the snake guy yeah <laughs> he's, he's got a bus a snake. he's got a bus full of snakes yeah yeah and the, all the while the the hill the, you're also seeing the other members of the hillbilly team assembling right and 
all the women are prepping food as the guys are prepping weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got a long drive ahead of them from Kentucky to Chicago. But Truman goes and sees the landlord, and the landlord has all the stuff and then asks Truman, where are you going? He says, I'm going hunting in a cemetery. But what right away I, I, I knew it when he, he when Brain, when the landlord gives Truman a big bag, yeah, there's a compound bow in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there has to be, right? Yeah. yeah. And, but the Isabella lawyer is wiring somebody up. He has his suspicions about Joey. Because he says Joey, Joey likes to brag. Huh? I want to hear him brag. So then he starts begging. I had to laugh. Please, Joey, please. (laughs) Finally, I just said, fucking shot him. And yeah, that was that, that that crying was was Joey's fake crying at the funeral. Yes, yeah. And then we we see the goofy fucker, the guy from uh, the Warriors. He's outside and he's burning a heater, and he walks around a corner and he, he hears a chicken. Well, there's a bad cut there, where him walking around the corner was one shot, and then they reset it up and they do this kind of a cool shot with he's actually taken out in shadow. Yeah, and. Then in the next shot, the goofy fucker gets thrown through the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened? Uh, it's uh, Truman, or it's Gates. He wants to meet you. And then uh, he painted something on Joey's car. What did he paint on Joey's car? Oh, I, I don't know if I caught this. It, he just spray painted. It says, you forgot one. Oh, how did I not catch that? And then the rat, the guy who wore the the wire for the consigliere, He's telling somebody to tell the one-armed man about Joey. And in my notes says, yeah, the one-armed man kills Joey, right? Mm-hmm. But later, later at the cemetery, uh, Joey, the weird fucker, and a bunch of other guys pull in. And the weird fucker is scared. And I think it's Joey says, don't worry, I don't plan to be here all night. But who shows up? Oh, well, actually, the it's not here. It's at the flop house. Yeah, the hillbillies show up to the flop house. And then we see the hillbilly bus going through downtown Chicago has a bunch of aquariums or terrariums yeah. with snakes and the landlord is on the bus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Truman is hiding in the cemetery and his brain's on the bus with the snake guys and the rest of them. And brain actually seems okay with the snakes. Doesn't mm-hmm. seem to bother him. But we go back to the cemetery and they're supposed to meet at the Veiled Lady, which I'm assuming is a known statue. All right. Yeah. Joey comes, calls for Truman, and he comes out and says, you forgot to kill me. Yeah. And yeah, Joey actually calls out Gates as he announces that he's here. Hey, Gates. I'm here. Yo, Gates, I thought you were the smart one. But I guess you gotta make the same mistake as your brothers. It's your mistake, Rossellini. When you set up my brother, you forgot to kill me. That's why I'm here. Just like in Fast X, where towards the end, um, Vin Diesel's character, Toretto, says, 
you forgot one thing. You forgot to take my car. It's very similar. Mm. Okay. <laughs> but I thought this was going to be a, and it, it is in a way, a Rambo or oh, First Blood. Oh, yeah. Big time. It's like First Blood. Um, but the gunfight breaks just, out, and then... Yeah. Where, where the fuck here. did Hold he go? Um, <laughs> yeah. And that Yeah. Rambo style with the bull. He takes out two guys, says yo, go yo, to a guy, and throws a knife at him, just like he did in Red Dawn to the commando leader. But he announced... What, he says yo to him. He announces himself before throwing the knife into the guy. Well, he does that in Red Dawn where he goes, you lose. But he gets shot because he does that. Yes. I know he does. You would have thought. He would have learned from Red Dawn. He would have learned <laughs> to yes. But Joey finds the bow. He tosses it. Um, we find out that uh, Truman has been shot because he's bleeding. Yes. He's limping through the cemetery. But then he uncovers a crossbow and he loads that. And uh, Joey is hiding behind a grave, as is Truman. And I think actually Joey is maybe just hiding behind part of a mausoleum. Yeah. And he says, time to pack it in. And Mac gets excited. <laughs> but the rest of the crew from the holler have shown up. Yes. Because we hear howling and whistling. But why is the guy who wore the wire for the consigliere in the cemetery with Joey? I don't know. And I, yeah, I like, I would have said, fuck this. I'm out of here. This is not my fight anymore. Not my, not my circus, not my monkeys. Yeah. Well, he goes, the guy who's mic'd up says, let's get him. And they say, oh, you go. He's like, okay. And he goes and he gets a knife in the heart. Yeah. He says piece of cake and actually he gets an ax to the chest. Is that what it is? Is, is it yeah, a hatchet? It's, it's, it's the guy, the hatchet thrower, which it pays oh. off that. All right. gun. And then okay. uh, Truman shoots the goofy fuck at the goofy fucker and misses. And now it is all out bedlam because you got the holler crew and you got the the gang crew and they're all shooting at each other yeah one guy gets his foot caught in the bear trap the <laughs> the hillbillies release some dogs those dogs are chasing a different guy and he goes into the hillbilly bus and the snake man the, the snake man puts like a broom handle through the door and all the snakes are out of the terrariums i mean it's like the well of well, souls, souls yeah. times six but, uh, we just hear him yell, fuck. Well, th think you're the snake guy. Okay. They, the snakes do whatever. Now you got to go in and you got to pick up all the snakes and you got to sort them. And you're yes. like, okay, this snake goes in this terrarium. This in this. <laughs> That's a big fucking ask. But it sure is. Th the dogs have treed the goofy looking fucker and the orphan, lot, the orphan leader. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of communication by whistle. And then, uh, Truman jumps and tackles Joey. Well, somebody makes a cat noise. Get that cat out of here. Uh, yes. And I should have pulled a, it's a street fight. It's anyone's boxing match. Yeah. The, the cat noise gets Joey's attention, and then Truman jumps him, and they have a brief fight. But while this is going on, who shows up? Uh, the one-armed man has showed up. But yeah, jo Joey Isabel. has pulled a knife, and at first I thought it was the brother's knife. It is not. No. And we had heard sirens before. But we don't hear any now, so I don't know if that was just another Chicago crime going on, which is very possible. Sure, sure is. But uh, Truman has a knife to Joey's throat, and the the one-armed man's team has captured all of the holler guys, and the one-armed man tells Joey to move away. And then he turns his gun onto Joey and says, this is for killing my son, 
and then yeah, he kills him. Joey. Yes. And then he gives Truman Gerald's knife and says, this is over between our families, right? Yes, they yes. are. Yeah. Yes. The next day, um, Truman hobbles down the stairs at the police station. Did he go back and say, can I have my badge back? <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I mean, I was a big mistake. I was really, you know, under a lot of pressure and emotional. Can I just have my badge back? Uh, but Jesse's there to meet him. And she says, and, don't ever scare me like that again. And she asks, what about Briar? He shakes his head. No. Step into a Slim Jim. Yeah, he's dead. Oh. <laughs> uh, he goes, you're my family, you and the baby. And she has that look on her face like, um, yeah, I miscarried. <laughs> That's the look on her face. Like she has bad news because she's just been through a whole lot of trauma. But they're arm in arm and they walk and, out the door. Yes. And the the movie, your version of the movie immediately ends. Well, that's because I got it from Amazon. And if okay. you watch something on Amazon, as soon as the credits come up, it like pulls the credits up into a little window. Yeah. Uh, but your movie, go ahead. Well, I don't even know how it ended. Did it end on a freeze frame? It. No, it wasn't a freeze frame. It was just, it just, go, it dissolves to the credits. Okay. Did it hold up? I have no idea. I've never seen it before. It was entertaining. It was, it was not a bad movie. It wasn't a great movie, but I enjoyed watching it. I mean, it was fun seeing all of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would totally recommend it. So never, I think I saw like the very end of it, possibly before either that or it was just so obvious that. You know, a blind man could see what was coming. Yes. But it goes into the whole thing of what are your expectations of a movie? Is this a great movie? No. Um, is it art? No. Did I enjoy it? Sure. I, I had mm-hmm. fun watching it. And that's because I went into it. I was not expecting much and it gave me more than I expected. So I enjoyed it. I would I recommend it to somebody? Sure. I would say, you know, don't go into it looking like it's going to be a great film. It's going to be, I, I, I wouldn't put it up as a classic, like a Tango and Cash, for example. Okay. No, I mean, Tango and Cash, I think, is a very, very quotable, rewatchable film. Yes. I, I would say that this watch is, this movie is definitely watchable, but I wouldn't say this is one that I'm going to, oh, this is on cable. I'm just going to sit down and watch it. Sure. But I, sure. Okay, so did Jen watch this film? I feel like she was busy with graduation stuff. I'm going to say no. And now it's time for Jen's two-second movie review. Anything with Patrick Swayze is great. That was Jen's two-second movie review. Jen! So she did watch it. Oh, obviously. But if you actually listen closely to that clip, you can hear there's like crowd noise in the background uh-huh. when she's talking. Uh-huh. And the reason for that is as we were watching, playing jackbox my son who was home from college my older one he was we were playing off of his computer onto the television and one of the games we were going to play he did not have and when he tried to pull it up it actually switched so my computer from upstairs was streaming Mm -hmm. fortunately it was locked so it didn't show like what was in my web browser (laughs) because that could have been fucking really bad but i forgot to turn that off when jen recorded that yesterday So that's the only reason for that. Mm -hmm. But would recommend it. Yeah, no no last thoughts on the film. So moving on. Watcha. Watcha. Watcha watching. Not really a whole lot, just because my time has been so occupied by the time 
I get done with everything and I get settled into bed or have a little bit of time at the end of the night, I'm just kaput and I fall asleep. So uh, it took me several days to watch Inglorious Bastards. Okay. That, that's a great movie. That's that's one of my favorite Tarantino films. The opening scene is great. The yes, tension is. is just, uh-huh. as it's ratcheting up, is so good. Yeah. Beyond yeah. that, I thought it was okay. All right. Uh, my oldest and I watched 2012 with John Cusack. Uh-huh. Um, disaster porn. A disaster porn. I, I felt like there were some questionable deaths. Like, these people didn't need to die. It was unnecessary for them to die. And the way that they died was, like, horrific. Okay. So uh, I started watching Dungeons & Dragons. It's it's Everybody says it's great. I just, I just have felt like I, I'm, I'm not being drawn in, like, wow, this is really good. Uh, and then I watched this German movie on Netflix called Blood and Gold. Okay. And it's I watched the, the with the original German language with subtitles. It is fucking awesome. It's really good. It's like, I mean, it's a German gold, a Nazi gold movie. And it, it's, it plays out totally like a Western with some elements of Tarantino. It's really fucking good. Okay. And that's it. Okay. So I'm actually behind on certain things. I have not watched. Oh, so am I. I'm behind on Silo. I'm behind on what's the one on Prime? Citadel. Citadel. It's the last episode. We have not watched that yet. And I'm on, I have not watched the series finale of Barry, which I'm going to watch as soon as we're done with this podcast. Yeah. The series finale of Succession was last night. I have not had a chance to watch that. Okay. Uh, they all die at the end. That's what I read. <laughs> Dick. Um, the, uh, season finale, I'm assuming the series finale of Fatal Attraction was yesterday. Have not watched that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did watch the season finale of Survivor. I watched um, the newest episodes of Beavis and Butthead. I watched Roadhouse last night. <laughs> See, it's, you could have watched One Trumpet's Fade, man. All these great movies that I've given Roadhouse you. Roadhouse is like, comfort food. I'm going to watch I'm gonna watch Roadhouse. Pain don't hurt. I'm surprised you didn't pull that clip. Pain don't hurt. Um, I watched uh, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Fuck me. Well, that's because I, I had recently been looking for the whole... <laughs> Is this the man? <laughs> Is this the man? Yeah. Uh, Love and Death. It's it, it got interesting, and then we had to stop watching it because we ran out of time. I think mm. that show is over, so we will finish watching that. Mm-hmm. I've also been watching a show called Sexify, which All is right. a Polish show that is dubbed on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it is about these college students and this competition to create an app and these girls create this app to show how women can have an orgasm. Hmm. It's interesting. Hmm. Uh, but that's about it. All right. So. Howdy partners. Now it's time for listener reaction roundup. Yeehaw. Okay. So there's two parts to this. One of them I thought would actually come up earlier, but it did not. Is you, you said because last week I asked about Helen Hunt and you said wait I'm going to talk about that next week, and I thought you were going to go a different direction than you went. Okay, I, th- I thought you were going to talk about her hairstyle specifically. In the picture that you sent me, yes, I was looking at her hairstyle. I was looking at her tits and ass. Well, I'm talking about her p- 
pubic oh. hair. Oh, okay. And so I, I reached out to some, I, I figured I couldn't go to Jen as a resource for this. And there's only so many women that I'm actually comfortable having this conversation with. But I said, okay. Oh yeah, there's her labia. No, no, not that. It's, I said, basically, everybody's shaved now, right? And no. We've had this conversation. No, and they said, yeah, pretty much. No. Like 95%. Yes. Like bald, shaved bald. Yes. I disagree. I disagree that 95%. I, dis- I totally disagree with that. Okay. Well, I, I, I want to believe that. Okay. But well, it, you live in your little fantasy world. <laughs> Matt's little fantasy world is over here. Reality is over here. I, I mean, are they all getting it lasered off? Oh no, I would assume it's just shaved. Very, very few people are going to. That go seems to work. like that seems like a lot of work just to shave that shit bald all the time. Uh, they have to shave their legs every day. And and honestly, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't care for that look. I don't. It makes me a little uncomfortable. Like I'm looking at a 13 year old. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want that in my head. No, I I I completely disagree with that. Okay, but well. Um, so the other thing is I got a, in the middle of the week, I got a text from listener Sandy and it was basically, what the fuck movie did you guys watch last week? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I ran into a friend of show, Dan, who likes Buckaroo Banzai. He said, I, I really like that podcast. It cracked me up every time you guys would just say, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> a lot of it just did not make sense. No, he even said that. He's like, yeah, a lot of it doesn't make sense. And so. the last thing, and this is not necessarily, actually not at all, listener reaction roundup. It's just something I forgot that came up earlier this week is, have you ever had a dream where you wake up and you want to go back to sleep because you mm-hmm. want to see how it plays out? Yeah. Sex dreams. Uh, so I had a, I went to prison dream. Uh-huh. And I went to prison because Jen sent me to prison. Oh, and she woke me up for, you know, whatever on, on the weekend. And I said, no, you got to let me go back to sleep. I got to figure out how this turns out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I got to know how. It, and I could never get back to sleep. So all mm-hmm. I know is she sent me to prison and she was still visiting me. Huh. So I would have thought if, if somebody is going to send somebody to prison, that they would basically, you know, okay, I'm done with you. I sent you to prison. Maybe it was for your own good. Maybe, maybe you were I getting ready myself to from myself. harm yourself or something or. And and that was that was her only option. Uh, no, I disagree. But I'm, Jen and I have talked about this and about whether or not she would send me to prison, and she has said yes, she would. So, oh, okay, <laughs> not not really happy about that. All right, but ready to move on to next week. I am. I thought I changed that. Apparently, I did not. No, because so, this is pre-recorded. So, <laughs> I just need to find it. Next week's movie. I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. Three degrees to next week's movie, and I think I like it. Okay, so three questions, best of three. Mm-hmm. Passion or puppy love? Passion. Okay. 79.58 or 73.70? Mm, 73.70. Ooh, tiebreaker. Ooh. <laughs> the Germans. Um, the the movie version or the TV version? The the movie version. We can't do TV versions. No, it it has nothing. It just has to do with 
the same actor played the character. One played it in a movie. One played it in a TV series. Oh, it's not actually right. the movie that we're doing. Oh, okay. The movie version. All right. Is that what you're saying? The movie version? I said movie movie version. Okay. Yes. Patrick Swayze plays Truman in this week's movie. He plays himself in 1992's The Player. That is not a documentary, so it still does count. All right. Angelica Houston plays herself in that film. She plays Madge in next week's 1981 erotic thriller. The Adams Family? No. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Helen Hunt plays Jesse in this week's movie. She plays Carol in 1997's As Good As It Gets. Jack Nicholson plays Melvin in that film. He plays Frank Chambers, Eyeball's brother, in next week's 1981 remake. Oh, uh, is this the... Um Mm, the postman always rings twice. Yes. Okay. I have not seen that movie either. It's on my. Sh- it's on my. It's on a long list. It's not on a short list, but it's on a long list. Jessica Lange's in it. Does she get naked in it? I doubt it. Speaking of naked, I never knew that Karen Allen got naked in a film. <sighs> You're not talking about Animal House. No, I mean like boobs and all. What film was that? Oh gosh. I, I, it was, it was, it was on one of the celebrity nudity sites that I check into daily to see if there's anything new. And I was like, Oh, Hey, there's Karen Allen. And it's not like just a little, like a hint of nipple. It's everything, man. Yeah. So I actually, <laughs> Matt will be going to celebrity movie archive after this Googling <laughs> right now. <laughs> So, yeah, next week we will be doing uh, Jack Nicholson in Jessica Lang and a couple other people in it. Um, Karen Allen, nudity. She was until September. Yes, and it had September in the title. That I knew. Yep. Sure enough. Okay. So that's it for that. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the, and I was wrong. Jessica Lang actually is nude in this film. Oh, hey, great. And oddly enough, um, my mom will always ask what movie we're doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, she does not listen to the podcast. Thank God. But when I said we're doing The Postman Always Rings Twice, she's like, oh, that's a good film. Which I'm really? Because it is a, like, it is the precursor to Fatal Attraction and uh, Basic Instinct. It's supposed to be a erotic thriller. Mm-hmm. I have not watched it. I've, I've watched half of actually the film it's a remake of, but I have not watched the film itself yet. Nor have I. And uh, so. I think that is probably it. So go ahead and bring – actually, um, I, I know that's available for rent. It's not available free anywhere. Oh. Do you have any idea, date, time-wise, day – uh, we, we, we're we going to have to take a week off. Okay. I, I got baseball tomorrow night off Wednesday, baseball Thursday, and then we're camping the whole weekend. Okay. So I won't even have an opportunity to watch it. All right. So, so we'll take a week off. I'll see if I can fill that gap somehow. Yeah. Why don't you get, why don't, you should do when trumpets fade with who you think John is going to sit down and watch when trumpets fade with me. Yes, I do. It's got Frank Whaley in it. She's a big Frank Whaley fan from way back. <laughs> She's got Conway, Tw- not Conway Twitty. <laughs> uh, Dwight Dwight Yoakam is in it. 
Well, we have already done a Sling Blade thing because he was in Sling Blade. I, was he? Yeah. 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 You should just pick like a random 90s movie. Just put it on a randomizer. Do like eight movies, put them in a randomizer, let the, pick it, and then do it. Okay. Uh, that would be fun. You should, you know what? No, you should let me pick the movie that you guys are going to do. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about all that. Actually, I was saying last thing, and then we can Caligula. You guys should do Caligula. The new one, the new version, the updated version. No, no, the the um penthouse version. So, we are now basically almost in June. Uh huh. Um, between now and the end of June, do you want to step out of the normal rotation and just say we are going to do Raiders? Before Indy Five comes out, mm, let me let me drink on that one. The only downside I can see to it is that's a big commit. That's a big commit in in June with baseball, and I'm camping twice. I I, I need I need to dedicate more time than I'm than than my life allows to do Raiders. Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. If if Raiders does not get done now, it will get done soon anyway. Yes, so. I agree. I can like maybe in my slow season. Do we bring a guest in for Raiders? I I thought about that, and the only th- I had an idea in my head of the guest to bring in mm-hmm. for Raiders. And on the one hand, I think that he actually potentially would be good for it, but at the same time, he's been such a cocksucker about not <laughs> appearing in other stuff. Oh, okay. So. I, I think I, I think I know who you're talking about. I do have somebody that listens regularly that really wants to be a guest. Okay, if I, you have somebody think, that really wants to be, anytime you want to do that, that that's uh-huh. fine with me. I I have no objections to that. And he even said that he would do it live with me here in the beta mat beta remax beta remax <laughs> the the beta max rewind studio B with okay. me. Um. Yeah. I. That's fine. I was thinking lawn chair. Um, oh, I know. Yeah, but he's not going to do a podcast. But I mean, and maybe he'll bring the USS flag as like a a gift for appearing <laughs> to you. <laughs> I'm still waiting for you to three three D print that for me. All yeah. six hundred pieces. That would take a short time. Anyway, go ahead and bring us on home. All right. Thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us for this sub-three-hour podcast of Next of Kin starring Patrick Swayze and a cavalcade of others. Uh, join us whenever Doug gets his shit together and there's not baseball or camping or scouts or any of that shit uh, for us to do um, The Postman Always Rings Twice and with some people. Uh, you want to reach Jessica out to the Lang, show? Ba- Jack yes. Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas. And, and, yeah. <laughs> Hey, you're pretty pretty there, but uh, you're standing in my lie. Let's see if you can find that clip. I know you're. I know you're good to look. I know you're. You're nice. You're nice to look at, but you got to get out of my lie. Um, Angelica Houston. Yes. She's in a movie where Annette Benning gets beaten with a bag of oranges. The Grifters. Oh, is that is that the Grifters? Yeah, that's with uh, John Cusack. That's a great film. Who's the bad guy? Who beats her with the bag of oranges in that movie? Oh, he's been in other shit. I, I can't think of what his name is, but he's been in a lot of other things. All right. And I think and, and Annette, Annette Benning gets yeah. gets like totally naked in that film, doesn't she? Yeah, Annette Benning, because I remember the first time I ever saw Annette Benning was at a movie with you. Uh, Bugsy? Yeah. 
And right. goddamn, she was just a smoke show in the day. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And she was banging a dude who was older than shit then. He, I, he's still alive. He's he got to be close still... to 90. You would think. I like Warren Beatty. You ever see Heaven Can Wait? Yes. That's a great movie. He plays uh, the guy who's a reincarnated football player. He's rich and mm. he buys a football team, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Charles Grodin and Diane Cannon? Is Cannon or Keaton? Cannon. Okay. It's the chick who always sits for front row at the Lakers game. Yeah, that's Diane Cannon. Yeah. And then it's got the guy who says, what are you, a fucking parrot? <laughs> yeah. In that movie also. Jack. <sighs> yeah. War- War- Warden? Jack Jack Warden? Warden, I think. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Uh, yeah. Did I say how to reach out to the show? Betamax Rewind at Yahoo.com. Send us a line. Uh, rate and review where you get your fine podcast. Like us on Facebook. Questions. And We're still waiting on questions. You asked for them still last waiting week. on questions. I will answer any question. Like, what's the best way to measure your cock from the bottom of the shaft or all the way to the back of the stem to your taint? No, you got You can't do that. That's cheating. <laughs> That's cheating. Yeah. All right. But we will answer questions like that. So, uh, that's all I got. Sounds good. We will see you whenever for, uh, yeah, the postman always rings twice. I got some ideas for again, again, another movie I've never seen one second of. We're sitting in almost like 10 movies in a row. I have not seen now. (laughs) That's great. I think it makes for interesting podcasts. Uh, Well, I, I have caught some heat for saying that Raging Bull sucks. Really? And I stand behind it. That is a terrible film. It is. Lots of people online. It's it's a classic. It's one of the best ever. It's like, no, it's not. It's a piece of shit. It's not a good film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. We will talk to you soon. Thank you guys very much. See you later.